the White House, President Eisenhower signs the proclamation that makes Alaska's entry into the Union official, nearly 92 years after Lincoln's Secretary of State bought the territory from the Russian Tsar for $7 million. The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management. Providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit arborcapital.io today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services. Helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce carts, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack, located on Ship Creek upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek tight lines and fish on come hook into the action with them hit them up at thebaitshackak.com snow pro ak your snow and ice management company specializing in business and residential properties they know what it takes to keep your property presentable and safe give them a call for a free estimate at 280-7098 or visit lawnproak.com double shovel cider company located off of arctic and 58th handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org.
That won't happen, dude. I already opened mine. I jumped the gun. I, I, I know, He's I thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> this feller's thirsty. It's it's kind of like a test. Like, do you listen? <laughs> do you even listen, bro? Hey, <laughs> and he does. Though. Long time yeah. listener, first time caller. <laughs> Sorry, fuck off. I love, I love that. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> You're all talking about being professional. Like, oh, I better open this ahead of time. Uh, oh yeah. Nice That's why we yeah, normally well. have like three in front of us, so we can drink <laughs> exactly, one, open man. one, chug one. So we were talking uh, casually before the episode. We we had you on. Um, was it last week? Week, week before, week before with Meg. Dude, the fucking weeks are just like blurring together. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> we had it on our agenda previously to talk about lucky assholes that draw stuff. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and it just so happens in the house tonight. We have one. Of them. We have one of those. <laughs> Because our because our boy our boy Adam is on who a ten me? year on a ten, oh who me he's on a ten year drought and uh, we all struck out this year with a donation to the ADF and G but uh, so we don't forget we would like to scold and celebrate <laughs> yeah because you're your probably luck. coming with me I hope so <laughs> tell, don't scold too hard tell John you got this guy <laughs> his dream is to go to Kodiak. <gasps> Uh, but no, tell us about what you got. I want to congratulations. How about that? How about congratulations? Thank you. Congratulations. Well, the story, well said, I mean, even <laughs> I think I told you guys too, but, um, I was coming off shift and normally when those come out, it's like, I remember it being like late morning, early afternoon mm-hmm. sometimes. So I was like, I was in a good headspace, like already. I'm like, you know, who, who cares? Doesn't matter. Like you can hunt anything all the time. Like we already won. Like by living here, getting to hunt. So it was like, it's always just a bonus. And so we're sitting around having coffee and, um, a guy that doesn't normally work at our station was working there. And, uh, I think he kept pushing like refresh, refresh for him. And, (laughs) you know, we're sipping there, like getting ready to get up to do chores. And he like takes his phone, shoves it in my face. And I was like, oh shit, congratulations. Like, that's awesome. What'd you win? And he let me go on for like what felt like minutes. And he's like, that ain't me. I was like, who, who is it? And he just looked at me sideways. He's like, that's you, you lucky motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, dang. Uh, Anyways, so that was pretty cool. So that was um, a unit I put in for not really knowing much about it, only because John Sturgeon suggested that I do. Um, And so that's a unit that he's hunted for years, and he's got the setup dialed, the logging camp, the trucks, the trailers. like, Yeah. What is the elk? Mm-hmm. Man. Yep. Um. And then so when it's we any species or any uh, sex, it's any. either. Uh huh. Either either sex. Yeah. Yep. Um. Wow. So when we went to Nashville, we were able to kind of solidify some kind of plans. Nice. Um. And it was not like what I was expecting. Like from the sounds of it, like how they do it, it doesn't seem. He make, makes it sound like it's not very hard. If you can find the herd type of deal. Well, you got a guy who's been doing 50 years. Right. So it's like, we'll just go in there. So like one of the first things he texts me is like, looks like we're going elk hunting. I was like, hell yeah, John. So I think um, (laughs) another guy that he goes with pretty frequently, uh, I think he's like the ex-CEO of Wells Fargo or something. His nephew Mm. also drew the tag. Oh, what? Oh, Um, the double whammy? mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The lucky lucky dickhead, huh? (laughs) Uh, 
So like I started getting I'm like really happy for you though. John sends me like six photos of like these amazing elk that they've oh, sure. taken. Start, out ja- start just jazzing of, you up of the area. Yeah. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, yeah, I was at the sheep banquet. He's like, check these out. Yep. Showed you guys showed you guys a photo. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. was taken Fucking yesterday. Bulls. And I was just like, I'll take that first one. Like yeah. <laughs> you look good. What's the dates on it? Um, October okay, seventh. That's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Like in the just random. Yeah. So not I th- in the middle of the other. And I think, you know, if things play out right, like I'll go there, you know, and I won't turn down like a good buck either if like we see one. No, of but I have not. I still have plans to go back at the end of October to do that same Kodiak hunt that I did last year. A girls trip again too? Yep. Sweet. Oh, Courtney as well, and um, the same it's, girls. It's not not solidified who's coming yet. Oh, but so it's, it's taking it's uh, taking applications. Mm-hmm, pretty much. <laughs> so I, yeah, but I paid the deposit, got the dates locked in, and Sweet. it's like you I had to do that by January. Can identify as a girl. I will be. <laughs> yeah, my steelhead season will be finishing up at that time, so I oh, will be. So on we got the a rock. few people tossing their names in the hat. I'm into it. Let's see what we can. Work He'll be out. a double shovel with a cider, just like hey, he's hey. waiting for the call. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> you are gonna absolutely lose your mind on that elk hunt elk i mean i love alaska there are a few things i miss from the lower 48 but chasing elk around hearing those things scream trying to stick an arrow on one of those things you're gonna lose your fucking mind thompson good yeah, for you thanks does he say that they um i meant to ask him that they do much calling of it or is it just kind of like hike and hopefully find the herd he from what john said it's like you're hiking and looking for the herd okay. like mm-hmm. they're not doing a ton of calling you might hear them scream every once in a while but um it just depends on when the rut's swinging hard mm-hmm. which varies i imagine from week to week yeah yeah area, is that area. the rut mm-hmm. yeah, yeah is it different than when the time and when it is in the lower 48 or is it the same it's, time? It kind of depends on the area, like where I'm from in Colorado. Um, it would generally, like the full-on rut would be more in October. Okay. Archery season was the month of September, but you'd still hear them screaming and calling and get them coming into an estrus cow call or just and hearing that bull. Yeah. So go back. Cool. Oh, man. It's, yeah, you're going to lose there it. Is there a huge like difference in the Rocky Mountain versus the Roosevelt in terms of their rut behavior? Or call. Like, do, do the Roosevelt's rut lesser aggressive or more aggressive than the, the Rocky Mountains? The reason why I ask is because... Well, remember, I've yeah. never drawn a tag in Alaska, <laughs> so I have no idea about Roosevelt. I couldn't health. tell you about drawing and Can you tell us anything. the science? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, okay, so you've hunted Rocky Mountain elk. Yes, sir. And I've watched endless videos on YouTube and, and on Outdoor Channel and have just been enamored with elk because it's i feel like it's the next best thing or maybe even better some might argue to moose hunting where you can manipulate and call and communicate with an animal and get it to kind of you know come into the palm of your hand if things are right and you see these guys get elk to say 10 yards away and they're just they're just i mean they're just screaming so loud looks like you're blowing your eardrum out and i'm like do they do that on kodiak i don't know about on kodiak but one of the coolest experiences i've ever had hunting was we called in this bull and we're bugling him in and he gets to about 40 yards and we start doing an estrus cow call and this bull just comes in with a raging fucking hard on trying to find this cow pink pink thing was sticking out man it was just and he's looking around we're chirping on it and he just starts 
destroying this pine tree, just <laughs> fucking it up with his antlers. I mean, and shit. Oh, it was thing. so crazy. And he's looking around. I mean, you could totally tell he was a dude. Yeah. Coming in for a piece of ass <laughs> and couldn't find it, you know, and it been decoyed. Where is it? And was just, I can smell it. And I'm at like half, full draw, like, come on, just come around the tree, just come around the tree, just come around the tree. And he never came, but like, still just having that memory of watching that animal mm. come in, like you guys were saying, like, literally talking to these animals yeah. and speaking their language. It is, it, you're going to have a blast. Time and too. seeing some videos too, it's like, it seems like people, yeah, I mean, like, the goal is obviously to call them in as close as you can. And it's like, do they not see? Well, they, they do see, but, I mean, if you're doing it right, I mean, the first bull that I shot, I smelled it before I even saw it, which mm -hmm. is, like, like the most primal thing mm. in the world, you know, just standing behind a tree and, like, oh. they're coming. <laughs> oh, God. It sounds like, <laughs> oh, sounds God. like the Pioneer Bar. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, he was, he's like he's rolling in piss <laughs> yeah. and he stunk and yeah. you could you caught oh, yeah. wind yep. and you could smell him. Yeah. Damn, you winded the animal. I winded the animal. Fuck. Correct. Yeah, oh. yeah. He didn't God, smell me because that would have not worked out well. Yeah, the wind was in your favor. <laughs> the wind was in my smell favor. Smell his ass. So That's a cool story though. Yeah. Well, at any rate, we can talk about this forever. But congratulations! Yeah. I wanted you. to make sure that the world knew. Oh great! Met <laughs> was lucky again. Again. But uh, you're you're hitting your stride right now. You know, I was mentioning to you through the week. I I finally watched the Kodiak um, video. Yep. Um, Courtney put out mm -hmm. the uh, seven out of nine tags and and the uh, and I listened to the pods to follow. And what's it titled? So people that want to watch it. Uh, the video was it's just Kodiak a Girls Hunt a seven out of nine tags. I believe mm -hmm. was the official name of it. Um, it's some somewhere on those lines. I might have missed it up. No, I think front close. or back. It was pretty close to that, but um, I was really impressed, and I wanted to give her a shout out. I want to give you a shout out, and uh, Kristen, mm -hmm. a shout out. Um, just that you guys were so, um, you know, brave to put that out in the world, and and to show some of your vulnerability and mistakes. <laughs> and uh, wins and losses and ups and downs. And you see videos. I, I mean, we've all probably watched a bunch of YouTube and, and videos of various hunts all over the world that uh, from pro, pro to amateur. And um, it was just really cool to see three chicks doing it by themselves and getting after it, having Thanks, success. Buddy. And, uh, you know, and then you get your tags and you're on a roll. So, yeah. Thanks. Keep it rolling. Appreciate you know, it. I will say you you mentioned on like pro and the I I will enjoy the most amateur like hunting oh, video yeah. that some dude just did on his phone and as well as like the dopest you know edit production storytelling yeah crazy you know sometimes 4K. those are the best because uh, that's one thing I really appreciate. Not that this is amateur by any means. I don't. I want to make sure I say that first. Like Renella's. Uh, you know their meat eater stuff like they they miss shots and they and they make mistakes and they show errors mm -hmm. and i like that i yeah. like when people show the shit that didn't go right because that's what normally happens <laughs> it's actually what happens more times than not yeah. people's fucking guns misfire mm -hmm. they miss yeah they're shaky they blow a stock you know how many times do you blow a stock before you actually make one Oh, more times than not. Right. I mean, when you see that's the... You don't see that on video usually. Yeah. That's <laughs> what, like, with 
Emily's video and some of the other ones out there, like you're saying, whether it's, you know, Kuyu, Renella, and they just show how hunting actually is. It's not mm-hmm. like you just walk out to the woods and bang, and then you got your animal, yeah. as we all know. I mean, know. it happens, so, but rarely. It does occasionally happen, thank yeah. God. Yeah. Uh, but just to see the realness and the emotions, the up and downs, or yep. just really, you know, seeing something that's real and valid and showing how it is is awesome. Again, And you can relate work, to it. Emily. Thanks, yeah. No, I love but it. next year, you're either going to be the one typing on my computer screen, or I'm going to party <laughs> hunt with you, because <laughs> this shit is fucking bad. You're going to be behind me, like, yeah. puppeteering. Like, yeah. I need your just fingerprints on my computer shit. here. Did you met her and Joe Peters party hunting? They just get every tag. They oh, yeah. For. Yeah. Joe's another one of those guys that just gets every tag. Joe, holla at me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Going for the bison, the elk, the moose, the goat, the ram. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, welcome to Alaska Wild Project, episode 109. Um, today we have Adam Cutrill. Cutrill? Cutrill. 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 I got a lot of spelling names. <laughs> I misspelled it 10 times before I asked him. Uh, Fishhound Expeditions. We're just going to tell you, Adam. <laughs> that sounds good. Cutrill. <laughs> it's Welsh. It means boat maker. Oh, Welsh shit. boat maker. I know, man. No, it's Welsh. It means, means boat maker. Means boat maker. Yes, yes. Have Cutrill. you ever made a boat? No, okay. I have not made a boat. So, I've made a lot of boat frames. So partway there, I think that counts. Yeah. Yeah. You contributed to the construction of a vessel. I did. I did a waterbound vessel. A waterbound vessel that goes on right. water. Yeah, I sometimes call like, it a boat. I feel like your ancestors <laughs> would be kind of proud. I think they'd be stoked. <laughs> they'd, be, yeah, they'd, be they'd be like, stoked. you know what? That's that works. They go. They made frames to go in helicopters. That's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. sick. Do you have a uh, you one of those guys that has like four different boats? Oh God! Times how many? <laughs> I think I have eighteen boats. Eighteen? Oh, what? Boats. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, list them off. Oh fuck! <laughs> hold on, well, hold what on. About your newest one that like? Oh, my new jet boat. Yes. Oh, I love that my new one's jet fire. Boat. Yep, yep. Uh, I got a uh, love jet boats. Yep. Yep, uh, from a guy up in the valley, um, makes uh, inflatable jet boats. They are super awesome. Like the uh, Solar version? Like the Solar version, yeah. 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 They, it Making fucking, them here. Yep. Can, well, we, look, can we look them up, or is he yeah, like top yeah. secret? Jam uh, at Jet Tech Inflatables. Jim's jet up. Tech. Yeah. Looking it up. Yeah, they are awesome. I can't say enough good thing about those boats. I mean, with the motor, it weighs 400 pounds. It floats in an inch and a half of water. And unlike traditional aluminum jet boats, where if you guys have been in a traditional aluminum jet boat, if you hit something, it's fucking Mm. jarring. Uh, With these, I mean, it's an inflatable boat. just bounces off. You can keep going. They are impressive. And 2,000 pounds, still inch and a half of water. It's remarkable what they can do. So you've had that. God, is it two seasons now? When two did we go? When did we go seasons. out to that lake in Willow and yep. like ripping it around? Two years it, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This right here. These bad boys. Oh my goodness! Boom! Oh, Going got up air, the rapids. Got airborne. Up the rapids. Yep. That, that is the straight up fucking airborne. Yeah, I straight up need. So one you still you have just one of those? Just one right, right now. now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And oh where God. do you use that one God specifically damn. for certain places? Yep. yep Got it. Yep. Yep. We're offering drip boats. Upper Kenai uh, or what? <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Exactly. We That's come so up funny. from gyms. Everyone's like, oh, so you're a fishing guide. You must guide on the Kenai. I'm like, yes, yes, I guide on the Kenai. Sure, I do. It's the yeah, only place in Alaska exactly where to fish. I guide. <laughs> Those things are ripping. I thought oh, I didn't shit. know. Oh, oh shit! He's, 
shoot. Oh, he's he over. It. Oh, yeah. Watch he's out, out of the now. boat. He is out yeah. of the boat. He's hanging on, though. No, he hung <laughs> nice. on. Oh, yeah, he hung Getting on. In. Oh, he's got a helmet oh, I on. Love, yeah, oh, he's, oh, he's got, got a, like a snow he, machine he, helmet on. He's fucking ready for that. Oh, these things are full on. And as he's you can like, see. Yep, and back at it. <laughs> the stuff that you can run up. And if you get bounced out. Is that Casillas? Oh, my God. Yeah, this looks like it should be a Red Bull sport. Jesus. Oh, that's really Guys, crazy. people that are listening, these are Holy like five, shit. six, eight foot like waves. Oh, yeah. Check them out. out. They're monstrous. Would that be like class three, class fours that, that yeah, they were jumping right I would there? I so. Yeah, that's class three. So the cool thing about, so the difference generally in rapids is consequence. Like some gnarly rapids like that that look uber gnar. And if you go for a swim, you're going to be fine because there's no real consequence. Like mm. some of the gnarliest class five rapids I've done, when you stick them right, people are like, oh, that didn't seem like a class five. It's like, well, if you would have fallen out, you would have died right fucking there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's Sucked a lot of there. big, like class threes are some of the funnest whitewater rafting there is because you just got these big waves that are super fun and you're loving life. But if you do get tossed, you're just getting flushed out and picked up on the side. Mm. Mm. I didn't know that. I knew that the Solar is that a Russian company? They are mm. Russian, uh, but Jam at Jet Tech, obviously, as we all know, Americanized it. Uh, yeah, <sighs> fucking a go yeah. America, go America, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did anybody pay attention? And I this is quick, quick off topic. Doubt anybody knows. I caught like ten minutes of the World Baseball Classic. USA was versus Japan. Anybody know the? Nope. Okay. All right. Sorry about and it. And <laughs> moving on. Wrong sport. Yeah. Well, we were talking about America, and Mike Trout was out there killing it. And anyway, those are cool boats, though, dude. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Fucking hey. Definitely happy with your investment. So Very you got so. you got a jet boat, you got a drift boat, you jet got boat, seventeen rafts. Okay. Yeah, everything and, from and little those guys are, to big guys. Those are all fishhound uh, yep. business uh, yep. equipment, or like personal, or both, or just all one in the same. But now got the fishhound, got it. Hell yeah! Did you get to go hunting with that boat with the with the uh, jet tech? I did not. All right. Yeah. Was Is that what he calls working. it? Yeah. Jet yeah. tech. Yeah. Yeah. All in good. All in good time though. Yeah, hopefully yeah. planning on this year trying to get out to do some early spring bear hunting with it. Oh, and hell yeah. Yeah, yeah, because they can just go up damn near anything, as you can see from the videos. And yeah. they just hold so much weight, draft such little water. And, like, for running gnarly rivers, like a lot of the stuff we do mm-hmm. is shallower systems with lots of rocks, and you're able just to bounce and ting off stuff and keep on moving. Where, like, an aluminum boat, you're getting bucked hard, so they're – they're awesome, man. Yeah. They're so much fun. It is really like snow machining, mm-hmm. you know, when in doubt, throttle out. Yep. Now, so do cool. you, can you break the bo- these boats down and transport them? You can. Is that a pain in the ass? Is it probably mm. better just to run it like across the lake or whatever it is you got to do? Well, it depends on what you're trying to do. Like okay. uh, a lot of us will fly them down to the southeast when we're chasing steely to a lot of these smaller systems. And mm-hmm. yeah, they, the boat itself just weighs 200 pounds. Oh, wow. And then uh, from Jim, I got a nice motor case that you put the, the motor in. It's zipper. Oh, it's got cool. a heavy duty handle. So yeah, Sweet. you could definitely, I mean, with a lot of stuff that we do, it's all involving planes and helicopters yeah. getting out to the remote. So yeah, they definitely break down pretty easy. and go It's all soft. We'll just roll it up. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's the outboard on that? Is that a 40, 
like a 40 runs it to like a 25 out of the pump? 40 or? goes into like about a 30 at the head with the jet, 30, okay. 35. Okay. But because they're so light, I mean, that with that 40 Johnson that I got on, it's an old two-stroke, which was redone from a guy that Jim knew. Oh, so it's got some, and, some torque oh, to it. Oh, man, it, and it gets up on step so quick. It's it's an amazing, amazing So boat. you can still throw a guy in maybe a couple hundred pounds of gear? You can throw 2,000 pounds of gear in there and 2, still. 2,000? Yeah, Get it up on step still? like that no shit yeah we were out chasing that's a few dead critters it's a few mm-hmm. dead critters yeah, yeah. or five drunk fishing full of beer. Yeah. That's a lot of beer <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll, exactly we'll go out when we could fish for kings can't anymore sadly um but that's another subject that maybe we yeah, can well, touch on yeah maybe um but yeah last year we had five of us going out after work bunch of beer and we're right up on step, inch and a half of water. I was taking the insides of corners just to see how shallow it could go and just right on the inside of every single turn. But he's like, why aren't you on the outside? I'm like, because I want to see what this boat can do, man. This yeah. is fun. He's like, Fucking I can see the bottom. Ass. I'm like, it's we're fine. Let's keep going. So is there different sizes? There are. What's the, what's the range of sizes? Um, I think the biggest is the it's either the 470 or 490 at 16 feet. Okay. And then they have a 14-foot version that's smaller. All right. The ones so you what's just the saw, price tag on those? Yeah. Um, now. I don't know. New box. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what they are. I still have mine. You have to order it? Yeah. 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 yeah what, I wonder, yeah, if you to can be even get them. Yeah. Call right Jim now. at Jet Tech. He, he'll be able to. I'm let guessing you know. it's probably 10000 somewhere in that range, maybe. Around in there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not bad. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You Compared can buy a Kingfisher for 280000 So. <laughs> Yeah, hey, you choose. You hey, choose. You Which one you choose? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I want to say thank you again to Gary Weaver. We've been holding your cups mm-hmm. and your scotch. Oh shit! Um, for about eight episodes. Speaking of which, um, yeah. so we're gonna go ahead and. Rock Adams, been like, what's taking? We're so taking good care of your stuff, Gary. Promise you that. Um, thanks, we thanks are out of scotch, so when thanks you come pick up to, the uh, when you come pick up the cups, drop another oh. bottle. <laughs> He's like, you guys know where Costco's That's at. delicious. <sighs> What's it called again, Brandon? Brandon, uh, this is sipping scotch. You just slammed it. <laughs> did you take a shot? He just yeah. nailed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. <laughs> It's not Crown Royal. Good scotch you're supposed to enjoy. Uh, oh, yeah, well, he's like, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I had a rough day at work today. I like to fucking... Send full, it. full onion. He likes to go on the shallow side of the bed. Yeah. Like, check me out on the landing. <laughs> check me out on the landing. Lagaluvin. Um, as I'm saying, thank you. I also want to say some thank yous to all the people that have been helping out with uh, the donations and the giveaways for the meat party. Mm. Um, I know the show will be out after it's already done. We'll we'll talk about the meat party probably on another episode. Um, but thank you for all the people that have been meeting up with us um, and giving away stuff. And I also want to say thank you to Tyler Stortz, who's yet to come on the show. You guys know Tyler? Yes. You know Tyler? Is that yeah. tall, handsome Tyler? Tall, yeah, handsome t- Tyler. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I introduced I introduce you to him. I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I told Tyler, I instantly bromanced with him. I was like, "Oh man, you can't get lost in his eyes." Like, whoa, he's just a beautiful guy. At. Yeah, dude. He's I know like, he's like six so foot tall, four. Like, so tall, so handsome, so smart. You see the dude you guys were geeking about on a couple shows ago when you were on that? He's like super badass at everything. Yeah, probably. Not he is. He did let me park my boat in his driveway, so. Thank you yeah. again, Tyler. Oh, is that where the... Mm-hmm. Did you go shovel it out? We I, talked have about a, that. I have a few times, but I oh. think I need like a 
tractor <laughs> to oh, go get it out now. A Mahindra? <gasps> yeah. What's the name of your boat again? Squatting Dog. Squatting Dog, that's it. Yeah. Named that's by Burley. Awesome Sweet. boat. Shot my bear out of that boat. You sure did. What? Uh -huh. You shot a bear out of her boat? Yeah. yeah. Three years ago? Three four years yeah. ago? Yeah. Nice spring black. <laughs> he was awesome. Nice. nice. He's jonesing to get to get on the ticket. What's it called again? Squatting dog. Squatting dog. My dad named it. I just, I I just like ate that. my last pack of black bear breakfast sausage, mm -hmm. and I need a refresh. Daddy needs. Let's go. Refresh. So anyway, Let's I go. told Tyler... You know about the sh obviously the party and he couldn't come and he's super bummed because oh, we've been trying to get together me and him for like several trips mm -hmm. except from ice fishing to kenai fishing to yeah. just like hunting and so i'm like well he's like well let me come by i'll donate some shit dude this What'd dude he came you? he's like well what else do you got i was like uh you know he knew that i had struck out last year and then this dude came with it like you know when you go to costco and they have like the big boxes that you just put all your shit in yeah the whole thing was full. Of? This guy brings bellies. Oh. He brought axis deer. He brought moose. Oh, he fuck. brought just uh, canned salmon. Everything from around the world. Oh, my That's God, awesome. dude. This dude had a whole thing. I'm just like. <coughs> uh, yeah, I think he, he, built, he builds a mean smoker, too. So I Oh, so, but, so he was talked talking that. this shit up. That's why I brought it. Yeah. Oh, is that what okay. He gave a bunch for the meat party that I'm going to bring out there. And he gave me access to here. So I'm going to cook some of that for the meat party um, oh, and some other Alaska sweet. stuff. Um, but he gave me this and he's like talking a lot of shit about it. That is pretty good. So we'll have to test it out. I think it's almost, I'd be curious, almost about defrosted. I'd be curious there. for uh, Wes to try it. The reigning champ. Oh, no shit. There's a couple. I want to. I still will put Jonathan Severson's up there. Sure. His is, his is, his is really good. Sworn to. Is that what? Severson? Oh, no, that's not. No, that's. Oh, Sworn to Secrecy? Does he, doesn't he smoke some fish too? Yeah, that, that's a secret. <laughs> <laughs> what type of salmon is it? Um, bellies. I want to say, question. actually, really good question. Well, yeah. I would guess he does. Like he does China poot like every year and like dips over there. That um, looks like coho, and I think he's a big. But just by the size of the bellies, or I mean uh, sockeye. When you guys say, I don't know. They're kind of far away. Mm -hmm. I'm just curious, you know, because kings. <laughs> Bring it closer. Oh, it's kings. What are kings, yeah. dude? There's no more yeah. kings. Yeah, I know. There's no kings more are kings. done. Actually, it's yeah, really. Good. Let me say something about kings. Okay. I don't want to get too political. King are the best, <laughs> but shout out to um, the homie Dustin at the bait shack because he's gonna have the only fucking king shit popping off for who knows how Ship long. Creek. And you can say whatever you want about the cannery and and hatchery and or hatchery, I should say, urban fishery. But, like, that's the only place you can get it. Yeah, and they still eat good. Yeah, I mean, I want to do a side-by-side. -side, but you can't now because you can't even get a wild one. Have you had a side-by-side -side comparison? Between hatchery and versus wild? Yeah, on anything? Uh, don't think you can really tell a difference as far as taste goes. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, hatchery mm -hmm. fish, they're dropped in as smolt and sent out, so they're doing the yeah. whole process, eating the same thing. It's not like... A hatchery trout that's been eat, or the hatchery juvenile salmon they put into the lakes around here for ice fishing where they've just been eating dog food the entire time. You know, a hatchery yeah. a hatchery salmon that comes back has been out in the ocean eating prey, yeah, avoiding hairy, predators and, yeah. and coming back. So yeah. yeah, I I can't tell a difference, but Yeah. It would be like uh he said, like, we'll let your dog loose in the wood for woods for three years and see how it comes back. 
Mm. It's gonna be. I, I use the word uh, feral. My dog would come back dead. Well, it depends what kind of dog you get. Three years, that motherfucker's still alive. That motherfucker comes back with an eye gone and shit. Snarling. Fido, you made it. Damn, bro. He's all snarling at you. My dog's a little millennial dog. He's allergic to everything. Has to have allergy shots. Special diet. Oh shit! He'd be fucking dead. Does he wear? Does he wear a coat? <laughs> no, he doesn't wear a coat. He doesn't wear a okay. coat. Okay, he doesn't have any. He doesn't have any. Vest well, my or... wife does have some clothes for him. Yeah, yeah. I don't put him in a coat, but right. yes, my wife does have. I mean, he's, he's a, a short-haired, eighty-pound pit bull boxer mix. Yeah, he would be dead. In Alaska. Just some podcasts one on one. Those are say. Oh, let's talk about that off the mic. <laughs> that way, you don't have to worry about you know getting busted out. Because I was like, "Does your dog have clothes?" You're like, "Oh yeah, no, 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 no," and then she's like. Your wife doesn't. Well, yeah. I'm like, okay. So his wife's not on the podcast. So the dog, I guarantee you, got a phone, a picture in your phone of your dog in clothes. I have a picture of my dog (laughs) in an Ewok costume with my daughter in an Ewok costume. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cute. That That qualifies. That qualifies. (laughs) That qualifies. I'm more or less talking about like full sweater, like. No, I no. love I love muffin, dogs costumes. Muffin, yeah. muffin fucking slippers and the whole. No, no, his his clothes are all technical. He has a rain jacket Te- that my wife technical. got him. It's a, a Gore-Tex rain jacket. Rain jacket. Sims, yeah. he's got the Sims. Right. <laughs> Sims waiters, and then yes, an Ewok Sims, costume. Sims canine edition. Wow, is that shit coming next? Hey, man, we just threw it out there. But that's what's They're so listening. cool. Even on, fi- I mean, like all your guides have dogs, and yeah. so it's like oh. their dogs go with them. Yep, when yep. they guide. Yep. And it's like, how cool is that? Oh, wow. It yeah. seems mm-hmm. to go hand in hand. Fish hound. So otherwise, they're sitting in the so back. So my of the company truck. is named after my hound dog. That was the fish hound. And mm. years and years and years ago, when I was starting the business, I was like, well, shit, what, do I, what am I going to call this? And my hound dog walks in and looks at me like, dumb motherfucker, it's fish hound. Because <laughs> you always come on the boats and you're, burr, He's probably burr. looking at you with a head mm. sideways, too. Just like, like on the, just like on the logo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> came in, I was like, nope, there we go. Fish hound fish expedition. Hound. So you had the big, nice. like, R.I.P. Oh, yeah. Like Blue tip bloodhound. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, he was awesome, man. His name was Hatch. I found him abandoned on the side of the road after an epic stonefly hatch. Wow. And I was like, oh, Hatch, the fish hound. Was that, ju- was that just last year that he passed? No, it's two years ago oh, now. Made it so, to sixteen. So oh. sixteen years old. Whoa. What is that about? A seventy-five pound, eighty-pound dog? He, in his prime, he was one hundred ten pounds. I was a big boy. He, was a big he boy. lived to seventeen. Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. yeah, that is a good run. I couldn't agree more. Was he in the raft until like twelve or so? He was in the raft till his last year. Oh no, shit! Yeah. Yeah. Had to kind of help him in and out. Oh, of course. And, yeah. 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 Wow, dude, you drug your dog around all the way through and through. He's that dog <laughs> has been on more rivers than most humans will ever have the privilege to go down. He's chased fish all across the lower 48, Alaska. Like, yeah, that dog has ran more rivers than most humans will ever dream of. Fuck That's yeah. Awesome. So cool. Bark, barked away a few bears in his day. Oh, man, wow. he treated a few bears, got a few bears. He's a great bear dog. He wouldn't run. Just burp, burp. Yeah, yeah. He was, he was a, he was a good boy. That's yeah, so bears cool. wanted nothing to do with that. Did, did no, they? no. We were camped out one time, and these couple black bears it was actually pretty smart. The mama black bear and the baby black bears, cubs and sows. The mama black bear was coming in and was sending the cubs in on the other side as a distraction, and the coo- the 
Cubs were grabbing the coolers and pulling the coolers away. Oh away. Everyone God. was focused oh, no on the sow. It was fucking wild. She had definitely been doing this. She's and the hound dogs pictures. like busted her. And bust, busted <laughs> the busted the cubs because we were going after the sow. Yeah. And the uh, cubs were coming in from the backside here. Burr, burr, burr. And hound dog put them up in the tree. Oh right. So like, uh, Damn. That's what was the name? Hatch. 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 That's right. Yeah. Wow, Hatch. Cool I like story, that. Man. I will say we were talking about dogs. I've had. Thank you to so many people that have hit me up. Like we're on the the dog hunt right now, and I've been getting hit up left and right from all kind of different breeders and all that. So there's gonna be a new dog coming up here this summer. I can't wait. For you, you think this summer already? Yeah, there's a, there's like two really good candidates that like they just had puppies. What kind of dogs? Um, one's a Visla, and the other one is a German Wirehaired. Oh, um, those wire hairs are good dogs, man. So yeah. are Vishla's. No, wire hair is probably the top winner. Um, yeah, I think I told you about this. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. You mentioned it. Um, yeah, so um, it's we're looking for a name. You know, we like to name stuff. Well, so. it's, it's crazy because, you know, we have a pretty tight-knit group of, you know, folks that hang out, spend a lot of time with each other in the summer, camping trips and stuff. And <clears throat> we all started and we had this, like, we all had young kids, and then we had a pack of dogs. <laughs> and every year, man, it was like, you know, there goes Gotti, there goes Sonny, yeah, you know, there goes Cash, there goes Remy, there goes Brock, there goes Remy. It was like every year, man, one was just like falling off, and they were all our like bachelor, bachelorette, or early relationship or early yeah, marriage. Our first daughter, yeah, our before we had kids, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. they were th that first generation of dog, and. uh I think last year, minus like one or two that was running around, which were I think were some folks that maybe hadn't hung out much out of, you know, I'm uh, prefacing Gary's area out in Big Lake that we have huge gatherings at. But the dog, you know, there used to be a pack, and now there's like onesies, twosies, maybe three running around. And I think it'll be cool to have a fresh one in the in the yeah. group. Okay. I, yeah, I dogs would love make to get, life better. Yeah, I'd love to get one, man. We, it's funny, I was just talking – it's actually not funny, but it's coincidence. I was just talking to my daughter, her mom, and uh, her mom's husband, Alex. They're, they're bulldogs going through a hard time right now. Uh, it sounds like he's uh, maybe, you know, he's in the split between making it and not making it. And he's only like a six- or seven-year-old bulldog. So oh, it's that's so tough. Bummer deal. But uh, I was talking to her mom about <clears throat> just, she's like, I don't know if I want him to get another dog. And I'm like, yeah, I've done like three years without having to pick up dog shit in the backyard. It's been nice, but like I mean, that's the, like one. Yeah, that small. that part's cool, and then you know, not having to find a sitter and whatnot. But I still find myself just like, <sighs> but they're so, they're such a great addition to the family. Mm -hmm. Oh, there's so much. Little, we're talking yeah. to two huge dog people, so <laughs> why oh, yeah. about picking up dog poop? That ain't gonna fly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean some shit. You just pick it I'm up. I'm just saying yeah. there's yeah. just things that I was like, oh man, like. You know, after the first year and our dogs were gone and I went out to the yard, I was like, oh, part of that routine was shaken because I didn't have yeah. to do it. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm going to start bringing moose in here when I come. Oh, you well, should, and then, the and then, and then, you know, as the dogs got older, now they couldn't, you know, it was harder to get them around. And so then it was like, we were finding them sitters Yeah. on camping trips, you know, like, you know, it was my wife's dog. She couldn't get around very good, so she had to stay home. And then my dog got to come, and then he started falling apart. And then now they both had to stay. And we could have brought them, but having old 
broken down dogs and then little kids. You're basically <laughs> trying to keep. Yeah, you're trying to keep two things alive, like just. just I mean, I'm just, I'm just thinking. Welcome to the struggle, man. Yeah, yeah. Dude, my kids and my dogs. It's like, okay, this is for the kid. This stick is for the kid. This stick is for the dog. Exactly. And interact. So I'm like struggling. I mean, I'm just remembering just, when we were yeah. out at Valdez two years ago, and you had Hatch, and like it was yep. had a baby and two dogs in a parking lot in Thompson Pass, shredding our every day. Oh, yeah. I mean, just granted just a, a dope it, yeah. wife that was yes. like helping to facilitate all that. It but takes it was a like, village, dude. It takes yeah. a village. It's so cool. And it was just like dogs everywhere. Yeah. And I was in heaven. I'm not going to lie. It just crosses my mind. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's I like well, idea. we decided we're going to take a year off, do a summer without, you know, the yeah. last couple of years of the dog when they're like that, it's tough because oh, you're, you're picking them up, you're putting yeah. them on the raft, you're picking up yeah. in the truck, you're yeah. just like, you know, it's like it's a just baby like again. Baby. Yep. You know, and so we were like, all right, we'll take one year off and, and it's time. Yeah. Gotta have so it. So excited. Gotta I have can't, it. I can't yeah. wait. Got to have it. I can't like, wait. Yeah, man. It's because we do so much remote stuff and just being out there camping and even like when I'm not home, maybe the dog's there. Like, yeah. It's just like, it's awesome. And then once you get them accustomed to like, yep, we're doing shit, it's like they're just, they're used to it. Like once you start them at a young age, it's like, that's just yeah. what we're, same with kids, right? Yep. It's yep. like, yep. you're just going to do it. That's yep. what we do. Yep. So we're stoked, really stoked about that. As yeah, am I. I'm second. excited. I mean, I'm, I like the idea of everybody else bringing their dogs so I can just get the fix <laughs> and, you know, get some hair on my clothes and be like, oh, yeah, that's right. They get the hair in your clothes and your truck and your blankets and your stuff. Everywhere. Oh, yeah, shit. You, then you go into Costco and you see the dude, like, walking around with a Kuyu jacket and it's just covered in dog hair. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's right. He's got it. So I don't, I'm not saying I don't want it. I just. No, it sounds like you don't want it. I'm all over the Are place. Are you a cat guy now? <laughs> big cat guy, big, big cat guy now. Huh? Yeah, oh, okay. you, want, you want me to suffocate <laughs> from allergies? Yeah, no. Hey, Sam, you're allergic to cats. Oh, uh, isn't I, everyone? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Cats, yeah. I, I grew, Hell yeah. I grew up with cats my whole life. Same. And then I turned like 20, and all of a sudden I'm allergic to them. Who so had cats? Your mom had cats. No, we had we had cats Lizard growing cats? up. Yeah, man. We, we, never we, had we cats. got one. We were old school, man. Lived in or you were lived in Wasilla in the like mid mid to late 80s and we like got our cats from out of a box at cars yeah i mean who yeah. didn't that's no. what you, oh that's dude that was the spot dude yeah. Yeah. that's where you used to get yeah. dogs and everything now yeah. now if you show up with some setup like that you get the fucking the uh pita pet. no the no um, bullshit dude the, mu the muni motherfucker up show in the up. valley you can still get cats and dogs at the corner there's a guy on costco on the east side we with were a together van remember we were says free puppies, puppies. And actually, shout out to um, Cody at Crude. He posted the thing, and it got mad crazy. I've seen this person. Right. Like you always, wanna, you and, I'm not going to lie. I drove by, and I looked. I was like, what kind of dog is that? Daniel, do you remember the day we went We went to Costco, and we like bought some computers or some shit? And it was your birthday. Remember? Was My like birthday? Really? It was your birthday. I don't remember most of it. <laughs> yeah. well, it. It was your birthday. Shit, we bought laptops. I had a birthday, pre I had a birthday present for him, by the way. Uh, That's probably why I don't remember. We went. We go to Costco. We yeah. meet there. To, we grab lunch and then we go buy some shit. Oh yeah, and the, the puppy studio. guy was there. Yeah, and he was there. And then the Muni guy was like checking him out. Yeah, like I, don't, I was like, man, is he writing him a ticket? I'm like, he's you, acting like, not, well, how much is the dog? He's the like box? buying a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we had a 18 pound um, male cat named Tigger. Uh, he lived to like fuck, like 18, 19 nice. years old. 
in his prime, he was like 18 pounds. Fucking yeah. thing would bring home oh squirrels, God. birds, rabbits. Oh, you know, cats bring yeah. home shit and present it. Look, they're look, like, look, oh, Papa, I did this for you. Yeah, <laughs> That's what Remy used to do when she was you. little. Yeah. Like, did hey. your dogs ever do that? Wouldn't kill shit? Yeah, and bring it back? Nah, they were scared of the cat. Oh, the cat, dogs were? The when Remy was little, she used to go and just like bring all kind of shit back. She was a Weimar on her. Nice. Oh, nice. Dude, one time I, I, opened, I let her out when we first got married. It was a wedding present to my wife. I let her out the back door, and we were living in her mom's house at that time in big backyard, and they had like a big um, mound of uh, compost that led up to the fence and then the neighbor in the back. And Remy just... Hundred just a hundred miles an hour right up the thing and just jumps off the thing and grabs this bird. Oh my god! That was her intro. I mean, she must have been like fourteen feet because this fence is like eight foot, and she just like just got the thing. You're like, am I watching Discovery? This is this is the dog, baby. And then she that was your dog's intro to Alexia. No, like oh, no, oh. she was a puppy, but I like before we had kids, like she would oh, just she would like, murder squirrels, birds, like, like no, she would just get if you were in the backyard, she would get you, she would get you, she birds and squirrels and everything, like she could not, oh, if, you're not in, if you're in the it turned perimeter. into like bagels, the kids bagels and like steaks off the grill, but she started out with wild animals. My first dog, she was a savage. She was the sweetest dog in the world. But yeah, she we'd be out fishing. I'm out there fishing, and all of a sudden, I hear my dog behind me, and she's got a squirrel, and she just yeah. drops it right down like that. Papa loves it. And then we're out. The worst thing was we were out fishing. This is back in Colorado when I was a guy down there, and we're fishing on on state water. And there's a division of wildlife office up on the hill. And of course, it's Colorado. We were bullshitting early about the uptight Sims fishermen. You oh, know, sure, yeah. It's duck season. I just want to add out there, and we're out fishing. So it's kind of magnified. Yeah, you'll, you'll hear the point here. Okay. And the DOW office is up there, and we go down, and there's some ducks. And my dog just barks at the ducks and chases the ducks. And this dude's kind of giving me the eye from the sun. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Go to fishing. He just leaves. And about five minutes later, the DOW ranger comes down. And I'm a fishing guide. He's like, Adam. He's like, hey, what's going on, man? <laughs> He's like, oh, shit. I was like, what? He's like, is that your dog? I was like, yeah. You see him all the, you see her all the time. She's always fishing. Well, that dude was a lawyer. And he just said that your dog barked and chased at the ducks i was like oh okay like the dog better, was doing dog things and like it's duck season like what, what the fuck going on he's like well that's technically harassment of wildlife i gotta give you a ticket because he's up here watching and he's a lawyer from bucking denver i was like what you're like you better pencil with that ticket so hard me? <laughs> so yeah i got a like 350 dollar ticket for my dog barking at ducks during duck season in colorado that's ridiculous. Dude, that's a mega thumbs down. Yeah. He yeah. can stick that thumb up his fucking ass. Uh, <laughs> he was super nice about it. I mean, I respect him. No, no, not, not the not The, yeah. the lawyer, the other lawyer. The other guy. Yeah. Total no, no, bag. he's got a job to do. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, the, the way that all that whole thing yeah. works, yeah. I only imagine what you got to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. But that, yeah. I'm offended. I was very, <laughs> I mean, I was very offended. past tense, I'm offended. Yeah. <laughs> that's fucked up, dude. That is fucked up. I got to pee. Let's take a quick yeah, break. We'll be it. right back. <laughs> Barney Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. 
Barney specializes in supplying hunters with the absolute best Alaskan proven gear on the market for some of nature's most rugged and demanding terrain. Whether you're headed to the remote volcanic islands of the Alaska Peninsula in search of a brown bear, or the shale infested glacial valleys of the Brooks Range for dull sheep, it is critical you choose the right gear for your dream hunt. Don't miss Barney's exclusive brand, Frontier Gear of Alaska, tested from the high mountains of Tajikistan to the extreme conditions of Alaska. These products were designed for high performance and durability. Frontier Gear was derived from decades of experience hunting big game in Alaska. Paired with other top brands, it provides you the absolute best gear selection anywhere in the world. Stop in at Barney's Sports Chalet in Anchorage on Northern Lights or check out their custom website and reference tool at barneysports.com. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaska public lands, waters, and wildlife. From national level policy work to engagement with boots on the ground projects from Kotzebue to Ketchikan, BHA performs public land cleanups, hunting and fishing clinics, and community education to help take your game to the next level. BHA's community-minded goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping wildlands wild and fostering the next generation of sportsmen and women for years to come. Make sure to follow BHA Alaska for upcoming events, local brewery pint nights, and more. Stand up for Alaska public lands and waters by supporting the Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Join us today at backcountryhunters.org. The Treehouse AK, your one-stop dispensary located at 341 Boniface Parkway. Be sure to ask the bud tender about their deal of the day because honestly, there's always something good on deck. And guys, listen, this is where the culture lives. At the Treehouse, their dedication to servicing consumers has been developed through a lifetime of involvement in the cannabis culture. They're committed to providing the highest quality products at whatever value your budget affords, while always maintaining the deep-rooted principles that have carried them this far. Their focus is on relationships over transactions, and you can always depend on them to treat you with the respect you deserve. Hit them up at thetreehouseak.com, and remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. At Total Truck, you can find brands such as ARE, RSI Smart Caps, Goose Gear, iCamper, Front Runner, Rigid Lights, Rhino Linings Bed Liners, and everything you need to outfit your truck or SUV. Alaska Overlander provides 4x4 vehicles and expedition trailers custom modified for Alaskan adventures and outfitted with rooftop tents, fridges, and all the camping and cooking gear you need to start exploring. Visit them at alaskaoverlander.com. Put that shit down there. <laughs> Dude, you're doing it wrong, man. Well, I had a, I mean, it's just a little, a little glass. It was, it was like probably three sips. Okay. Like, rah! No judgment <laughs> around yeah. here. You do yeah. you, boo. You, you know, do you. Lies are the truths you tell yourself. I just want to get it done. Go back to hydrating. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, we uh, as, you, as you know, we have our loose agenda that we run by. I like it. Let's get into your history, man. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Um, I like to be talking fishing, Alaska. What are we Let's start about? from the beginning. I, you, you've got some... Western experience and time. You talked about elk hunting and fish hunting. Now you're an Alaskan guide. Yep. Let's start from the beginning. Like, where did it all start? What inspired you? 
who who had an impact on you? Let's go for it. Yeah, well, I mean, my parents, we grew up, I'm from Colorado originally. Right. My mom worked at Walmart. My dad was a cop, so pretty, you know, blue-collar upbringings. Mm-hmm. Our biggest thing was going camping on the weekends and fishing and hunting and just getting exposed to the outdoors at a very young age, and that just kind of stuck with me i mean when we were going to high school like we were talking you know we'd go out four-wheeling camping drinking beer fishing hunting like that's what we did yeah. siblings yeah one younger brother okay yeah how and, many years difference uh two and a half. Oh, so you're tight yeah, yeah yeah we are tight he lives in the gates of hell southern california for some god-awful reason but uh <laughs> he got out of the military and that's oh, i thought he, you said he got out of the gates of hell <laughs> he, yeah he, he got surf? out does he Jeez. surf or? no that's the He's sad thing he oh. doesn't surf he doesn't does he, he wear just, vans and shit i mean oh it's like the people that live in alaska but don't do alaska shit Kind of, you and know, complain and complain yeah, about it. Yeah, I mean, he's just he's he's got a job. He's got his three daughters. He just had twins. Oh wow, twin baby girls. Oh. Yeah, Whoa. yeah. So, Power to you, brother. Yeah, daughter dads. You. As I'm sitting here with my painted nails, <laughs> my daughter did because she was like, "Oh, daddy's going awesome, on a dude. show." She did a good job. She did a pretty good job. Yep, shout out to finger. what's your daughter's name? Her name is Alder. 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 Shout out to Alder. Yeah. Yeah. Real good job. It's a yeah. manly shade of pink. It's very manly shade of pink. Did you choose or she chose? She chose. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's strong. She got some metallics <laughs> going on there. Nobody she tells her. <laughs> she had that decision made before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It even started. It was so cute because she's like, you're going on a show? We need to do your nails. And, of course, I'm like, okay. <laughs> All right. Let's yes, we do. Let's do this. I love that, man. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's awesome. Um, but, yeah, younger brother was in SoCal. Grew up hunting, fishing, and ironically or cool enough or cliche like me and my buddy's dreams who we started really getting into fly fishing like our dream was always to own an outfit and to in in alaska i was going to be the fishing guide my buddy who became a pilot was going to be the pilot Mm. my buddy who was going to design everything became an architect so we all three set out to do what we become but i'm the only one who ended up doing it in alaska um was going to go to school, college, to be a lawyer for some god-awful reason. I was going to be a water law lawyer in mm. Colorado because, like Mark Twain said, whiskey's for drinking, water's for fighting. Yeah. And got halfway through that process and realized that I don't want to spend my life in a courtroom. And in my head, I made up this degree called Outdoor Recreation Leadership, what actually turned out being a real thing. I was going to college on my own dime on scholarship, withdrew from northern Colorado, enrolled in an awesome school called Colorado Mountain College, and got a degree in outdoor recreation leadership. And I'll never forget that phone call calling my parents. Cause like I was, I was the first kid in my family to go to college, and like I oh, was gonna be the lawyer. So like big, I was the big first. Ass yeah, deal. You know, yeah, mom worked at Walmart, dad was a cop. Like going to college, and you know, smart kid, it's rising above. Right, right. <laughs> and I call my folks. I'm like, hey, so I dropped out of UNC. I enrolled in CMC. I'm gonna become a fishing guide. It was fucking Skirt. crickets, <laughs> just nothing. My dad's like, you did what? And my mom chimes in, you just want to live in the mountains and fish and snowboard. And in my head, I'm like, well, yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's been paying attention. Yeah, yeah. figure that out quick. So went to Colorado Mountain College, got a degree in outdoor rec, started guiding when I was 19 years old, and now I'm 42 and still a fishing guide. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, man. Two decades. Yeah, it's hard to believe, man. I don't feel 42, but. You don't look 42. Well, thanks, bud. Neither do you. Mm-hmm. Where's thanks, your gray dude? hair, man? 
I'm not 42, but I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> you need another daughter. You still got daughter. a full head up top. Need one more daughter. He's yeah, got still, a beautiful yeah, head of I hair, dude. still got full head of hair. It's so funny, like, so all these years, my life until I had my family has revolved around fish and snow, fish and snow, fish and snow. And, you know, back when we had to do the, the uh, fishing registration form, we had to get each person's fishing license number and age and all that for the, for the logbook. And, like, you get these dudes from the lower 48, and they're bald, fat, gray. And it's like, holy fuck, dude, you're younger than I am. Like, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> obviously, you know? doesn't have boat maker. they're not drinking enough uh, scotch in my Uh, opinion yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) but yeah that's how i got into fishing and the dream was always to come here and then when i was 30 years old living in colorado had good job you know guiding my family was there i was like man if i don't go to alaska it's never gonna happen so me and some buddies were like hey let's go check it out for a year and the minute I got here and started driving down the Turnigan Arm and just saw Alaska, I was like, I'm never fucking going back. Yeah. This is this is home. And Alaska's been so good to me. I met my wife literally like four or five days after being here. Met her at a bar at the Sitzmark, the old-fashioned way. Yeah, the old-fashioned old way. The old-fashioned <laughs> way. Meeting your significant other at a bar. And we were, you know, separated at the hip from then and then had a daughter and started our business. And life, Alaska has been very good to me. Who taught you your first fishing knot? Uh, my best friend, David Easton, taught me my first. Well, take that back. My dad taught me my first fishing knot, just the basic fisherman's knot to tie yep. on a lure. Yep, yep. What uh, about the first time you uh, learned how to fillet? That, that was me butchering a poor trout. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> self-taught. That always yeah. goes. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, self-taught. Man. Started fly fishing at 14, did everything wrong, and figured out how to do it right. That's the best way to learn, I think. Yeah. I think it's the best way to learn, but it's also good to pick up friends who know a little bit or you meet someone who knows a little bit and kind of get held under their wing, not full on like guided, but like helped out, you know, like, hey, maybe you should try this. Or have you thought about doing this, whether it be fishing or hunting or backcountry snowboarding or snow machining, but having someone there who has just a little more knowledge to kind of take you under their wing but yeah definitely mostly self-taught is a good way to do it especially if it's something you're passionate about well let's back up a little bit too so when did you come to alaska and start guiding alaskan waters 2011 2011 so up until then all your time was spent in the west yep okay yeah colorado wyoming montana oregon washington that area so you did the turnigan thing you fell in love with alaska which totally makes sense i mean for what you the lifestyle you want to live it's Oh, Alaska, yeah, fish and snow. Where was your first watershed that you, you know, threw a fly on? Like, where did you start? Okay, I'm going to guide here. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. First watershed I fished in Alaska was the Kenai. We got here in the fall, went out, checked it out. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. I love, love, love the Kenai. Caught some fish. I didn't really like the glacial water. I like clear water. I like seeing fish, you know, sight fishing, you know, the whole a voyeurism of actually seeing everything that happens. And then that next summer, my first year guiding up here, went out to the Kenai on the opener 
and saw the Kenai on the opener. Forty-five <laughs> boats at the put-in, <laughs> people shoulder to shoulder, and I was like, "This is not what I fucking moved to Alaska for." Nope. Yeah. And went up north and saw the clear waters, way less people. I was like, "Okay, this is cool." But then my first real experience of Alaska fishing was what I moved here for, and that's flyout trips. Flew out to a river in western Alaska, and I'm getting there. I'm the first guy being dropped off before the clients. The clients are showing up the next day. And we land on the lake, and, you know, there's all these sockeye salmon moving up. And around the lake, there's all these bears working. And this first bear that was coming up was a blonde bear. And, I mean, it was so blonde that if I didn't know where I was, I'm like, that's a fucking polar bear. Because you could see the mud mm. on his paws. I mean, just gnarly. It's golden. Oh, it's yeah. so beautiful. And, you know, no one around. Grab the rod. I'm like, well, client's in here. I'm going to go fish. First <laughs> cast, stick a 30-inch Arctic char. I was like, this is fucking Alaska. This is what I came here for. And there it is. Just like, man, that's. How did you decide, like, where to go on, like, the, like these first, like, fly out Well, that was before I started my business. That was when I was just guiding for another company. So I went Got to it. where I was told. Perfect. But it, it showed me, you know. Options. Yeah. I mean. There's, I got a lot of side stories that I could go off on, but Western Alaska is truly one of the most beautiful places because there's not that many lodges at, well, on the rivers that we operate on, there's no lodges. It's just wild, beautiful Alaska. And then after that trip, I came back and I always, you know, Bristol Bay is, an, again, just like the Kenai, awesome fishery. But I'd read all these videos, read all these videos, read all these magazines and saw all these fish forms like Bristol Bay, Bristol Bay, Bristol Bay, Bristol Bay. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'm going out to Bristol Bay. And we fly out, and we land, get in the boat together, and then another beaver lands, and then another beaver lands, and then another beaver lands, and then a jet boat shows up, and then another jet boat shows up, and then another jet boat shows up. And by the time we put on the river, there was like 30 fucking people in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like, there, there's great fisheries in this area but they get so much pressure and they're still good fisheries just like the kenai phenomenal fishery 30 inch rainbows amazing sockeye but there's so many other rivers in alaska that are less traveled less well known. so many so many and I, we're finding more <laughs> rivers each and every year I'm i mean it's you, just man. limitless what you can get to and finding those experiences that have my predefined notions of Alaska, which are wild fish, no people, animals. There's still so many fisheries out there like that. Yeah, that you fish has never sniffed form. a hook before. Yeah, the fish that eats the fucking bobber as it's drifting down. <laughs> That's what I like. That's yeah. what I like. So, What would you say is like the main difference between lower 48 fishing and Alaska fishing? The fishing and the people. So the the fish. <laughs> and be honest too, because yeah. So no, I'm, I'm curious to know that too. When I was in Colorado, phenomenal fishing area, tons of great fishing, tailwaters, gold medal fishing, thousands of trout per mile. But one of the things that I think kind of sums it up the best is um, I was guiding. And had a good client who I'd fished with before, and we're seeing this trout feeding actively. And the client I had, he was a good fisherman, and he lays out this 25-foot perfect ninja roll cast. No false casting. Didn't spook the fist. Ninja roll cast way out. Fish is feeding. The strike indicator, a.k.a. bobber, got to him at about 10 feet of that fish. I watched that fish pull over to the bank. Bobber floats by. Fish goes back to feeding. So, huh. Mm. All right. 
Bob, do that again. Another ninja roll cast way up. Fish is feeding. Bobber gets close. Fish moves away. The fuck that fish knows what a bobber is. Yeah. So take off the bobber, tie on a, just a big foam grasshopper so it looks way natural. Same flies underneath. First cast, that fish ate. That fish knew what a fucking bobber was. Mm. Super educated, which from a technical fishing, that's cool. Uh, yeah. But oh, yeah. honestly, a trout should be a wild animal. A trout should want to eat everything that is smaller than it. That's why up here, like I was joking earlier, you throw up with a bobber up here, that fish, I can't tell you how many fish yeah. eat the fucking bobber because yeah. it's floating down because they're not that conditioned, and that's what's awesome. Yeah, I've never seen such a thing. So that's the difference in <sighs> fishing. i never heard that. That is a great explanation. Yeah, I mean, our fish, and two, back to, like, why I moved up here, our fish are all wild. They are all native. Like, one of my favorite things in guiding is when you get someone from the lower 48 who knows how to fish, has fished lots of places you give them a six or seven weight rod you put 10 pound maximum mono on it which is in the realm of fly fishing like in lower 48 we fished five pound line four pound line three oh, pound super line because light. it's super delicate because the fish can fucking see the line and they fucking know what's oh, going on okay so up here you, you got feel it yeah you got 10 pound line on and they hook into a 16 inch you know wild leopard rainbow and in colorado a 16 inch is a good fish up here that's like I mean, it's still a good fish, don't oh, get yeah. me wrong, but it's kind of on what we consider the, the smaller side. But watching a client who knows what they're doing with stout line, just getting their ass handed to them by this 16-inch rainbow, going, how the fuck is this fish doing this right now? Just Love all it. the wild genetics, like lower 48, yeah. all, not everywhere, but lots of stock fish, lots of resident, you know, not real wild fish. Like they don't have here, the gumption. They don't. I mean, up here. Almost has, trained. Almost trained. I mean, yeah. up here, as you guys know, I mean, uh, fishing game has done a, one of the things that they've done a good job is they've never messed with stocking programs for the most part as far as like rainbows go other than in lakes wherever there's mm -hmm. wild fish they keep wild fish and for the most part they keep it catch and release to keep those wild genes going so all these trout for thousands of millions of years it's only survival of the fittest those genes that are making it are the strongest most badass mm -hmm. genes that trout have and they just fucking rock and then when that client gets that 16-inch fish, I'm like, wait till you catch one that's two feet, dude. <laughs> Do they question, like, oh, what is the weight of this? Like, is this too heavy? Oh, well... So for like our day trips, it's a lot of just, you know, your normal tourists. But for the folks who do our multi-days and fly outs, like they're like, what are you tying on? Cable right yeah. now? It's like, yeah. Because they're probably used to, yeah, like, they're used to like tiny yes, little like. tippets. It's like, yeah, dude, this is what we're fishing. Well, aren't, aren't the fish going to see it? I'm like, they don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> they, they see is They don't see, see line very often. Yeah. They, fly. yeah they, they don't care. Like that's one thing too that I love up here. Like uh, streamer fishing. You cast out miss a fish cast out comes out and eats it again and then the fish is actually hooked like the fish tastes fucking metal and still eats again because they're just that wild that aggressive where in like the lower 48 minute trout i mean trout i like to joke they may only have a brain the size of a pea but yeah. they use the entire thing unlike we do and fish in the lower 48 once they figure out the jig is up like they're done you know, mm. up here, right. they will just keep coming. They're just so aggressive. It's just so amazing to watch these wild Because that's what they're trained fish. to do. Anytime yeah. there's something to eat, yeah. get it. They're killers, man. Like, our trout yeah. up here are fucking killers. They eat meat. A lot of guys in the lower 40 are like, oh, which type of bug should I tie on? I'm like, our fish don't eat bugs, man. They eat 
meat. They don't grow to this size and this weight. By I mean, didn't you say you caught a fish well, on a ra- on a a mouse? A mouse. But I was gonna say, do you have your client's oh, mouse ever? Oh yes, mousing is yeah. the obviously the main. I was introduced yeah. a few years ago, but I was like, oh my god, this is awesome. Watching a two foot trout eat a small mammal on the surface is <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> it is one of the coolest things in fly fishing that uh-huh. everyone who's a big geek like us should experience because there's nothing like watching. Uh, trout come up and eat a uh, mouse or well we don't have mice up here well in the wild we don't but like eating shrews and voles i mean early season that's what the trout are preying on they're eating on salmon smolt and shrews and voles uh it was kind of cool and well very sad but also cool a few years ago out west um on one of our rivers that we got out there uh the, the river had a flood and it carved this new channel through mm. this braid so there was all this grass through this new braid and it looked like bass fishing i called it bass grass braid and there was this one trout that i thought was about 25 26 and i caught him well had clients catch him probably seven or eight times on the different trips throughout the season and on the last trip i'm like all right we're gonna go catch george george is always here mm. and mouse <laughs> in this big bowl whirlpool clients skittering the mouse along and this you know, George just comes up and inhales this mouse, and we got him. But it was back in the day before articulated mouse patterns. So it was just a single shank. And the when a trout generally eats a mouse, I mean, it's like a oh, it just brick. sucks it, it down. Yeah, it just inhales. I mean, it is yeah. not a subtle take. It oh, is no. violent. It is aggressive. Swallows it, and he did. It, it gilled him, and oh. I was given damn near given mouth to mouth on this fish because I caught George so many times. I'm like no, I'm George, like, no. damn it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> gets worse and like i get george and george swims off i'm like okay save save george and so we get back in the boat float back down the main channel and yeah this is where the the braid comes in and i see george floating up i'm like no george and so get out try to revive him he's he's toast it was sad yeah um so obviously we're not gonna let him go to waste you know eat the forbidden fruit because trout are always catch and release but this fish just died so we're not gonna let him go to waste and i was like well let's just tape him 29 inches. Oh, Jesus. And when I go to fillet You never taped him to that point? No, just let him go. Just guesstimate. You know, I'm fishing guides, you know, can kind of do like the, you know, oh, yeah, this is a 20-inch fish. But yeah. I try to be pretty straightforward. Like, yeah, that's 25, 26. But, yeah, 29 on the tape. And as I'm getting him, had five dead shrews in his stomach. Wow. Knew it. Fucking knew it. Yeah. Cool. Oh, my God. So that's like one, why of those, he one of those days thing. you need to bring, like, a jar of live. <laughs> All the shit I've seen trout eat. Yeah. Live crazy. ones and feed them and fatten those pigs up and, like, give them a real treat. A live everyone. mouse? Yeah. Why not? And All that's right. probably why he got so big because he's eating their like, Protein, man. <laughs> eating protein. Our fish aren't eating bugs. Yeah. They're eating protein. He's like skull, eyeballs, fur and all. Yeah. And that's so wild. Like early season, you can actually see like the shrews and voles actually swimming across the water. Yeah. And we like to We're going to mouse you this year. You see the little year, V like. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. We're going to be They mouse. move. They move fast. Everyone's like, well, how fast should I fish? I'm like, about one mouse power. Fucking wiggle it. Yeah. yeah. You just, one get, mouse get, power. Get that shit to move, man. They that's move. when I was like, this doesn't really work. And my arm, I'm like, my shoulder's hurting. And I'm just like wiggling the shit out of it. It's like, oh my God. And then it's like Jaws comes out of the water and just attacked it. Yeah, I've seen pike attack mouse patterns all day and that's not that common yeah i mean they like spinners and you know some other baits that uh-huh. artificial baits that we've used the the surface mouse has always been kind of like yeah onesie onesie twosies 
Oh man, early season pike fishing, like out some of the lakes in the valley, you go out and all those weed beds get a good weed guard on a mouse or fr- even though we, well, we do have some huh. frogs up here, but you wiggle that on the surface early season, man, it's like <laughs> missile shooting. Out so that's when the, those shoes are moving a lot is in the spring? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so they come out after the snow melts and yep. they're yep. looking for food and yep. mating and the whole thing? Yep. And yeah, crossing rivers, yeah, it's pretty wild like to actually see the real thing happen. I'd love seeing. to see a trout oh, killing one, though. It's so fucking cool, man. <laughs> We were out one time a few years ago, and we see two shirts. R.I.P. George moving ac- <laughs> moving across, and we're like, "Oh man, who's the who's who's going to make it as one, or or you know who's going to make it to the other side?" And right at that point, like one's making it, a fucking seagull comes down and grabs the shrew. Those poor shrews, man! Could be a trout, could be a seagull, magpie. You never know. You know, that got to got me thinking when you're talking about the, um, well, up here too, but the lower 48 where these fish are like learning what's real and what's not by as many fish people are fishing that river or that bend or that fish. What would you say, I mean, this is not science, but like a guesstimate of one of those really big trout on one of those main rivers in the lower 48, how many times do you think they get caught? In like a year and then like multiplied to like their lifetime. Countless. So one of the rivers that I used to guide on in the lower 48 uh, was private because in Colorado you can have private rivers, which I do not agree with. That's why I love Alaska. All rivers are public. If you want to walk five miles up a river and fish it, you can. It's one of the best things about our state. But in Colorado. Or get a heli dropped and float it. You or can get, do that. Yep, 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 yep. Or even if you just want to, you don't need a helicopter. If you're just willing to hike Huff up a up river it. and stay in yeah. high water mean, you're allowed to, which is awesome. Rivers should be public. Mm. Uh, but, you know, like you were talking, like, how many times the fish had been caught, like, on our section of private water. I mean, we had fish by names that would live in mm. these holes. You know, we had one eye or, you know, different dumb names that fishing yeah. guides would make. And we had a, a running bet that if you caught a fish that had another guide's fly in its mouth, you got a 12-pack. And one of my clients caught a fish. It was a beautiful fish for the low 48, you know, but he had four flies in his mouth. So oh, I got, yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, they get got caught. Got a pallet so of beer for that times. guy. I got a bunch of beer. It was great. <laughs> but it also, just on a side tangent, it does go to show you that if you practice good catch and release ethics, get your hands wet, use a catch and release net, use barbless hooks, that fish can get caught hundreds of times and still live and procreate and have mm. you know so it just speaks back to the the great innovations that have occurred over the last decade in catch and release fishing that a trout can be caught that many fucking times and become that educated and still live yeah. to give someone else a good tug and have fun but uh you, i mean some instances up here you have that you know on more heavily fished rivers where fish can figure things out and are you know, it's kind of sad to say, but on some rivers where they allow bait at certain times, you know, all fish eat bait. But when you oh, catch yeah. a trout that's missing his maxilla, his mandible, and missing one eye because he got a big old treble hook in there mm. for me and a big yeah. gob of sev- salmon roe, but is still eating, still surviving. And I think yeah. that just goes back to the wild genetics of our fish, just strongest of the fittest. Can you walk us through maybe the the best technique to release a trout so the best technique obviously barbless honestly barbless hooks um catch and release net something that's got a a rubber coating and then also just respecting that fish like we're not eating it like trout we're not we eat salmon there's salmon right there on the table you know 
And if you're catching really <clears throat> sport fishing for trout, minimize the time out of the water. There was a huge study done in Alaska and Washington, and it's a 10-second rule. I don't know how they did this study, but it's pretty amazing. They found out that a trout can survive if you hold it out of the water for more than 10 seconds. That trout more than likely will live. However, if it's a male, it will have lower sperm count. If it's a female, it will have lower egg count. The offspring of that trout are less likely to make it past the stage of being a fry or an alvin, mm -hmm. and they're less likely to procreate. So by mishandling trout, you're probably going to be okay to that trout, but you're fucking our daughters and our kids and future mm -hmm. generations. So by minimizing the time that the trout is out of the water, you know, there's a lot of people that go back and forth. Now we're getting really into the geeky fly fishing stuff of taking the, the grip and grin photo or just keeping it in the water. But by using barbless hooks, strong leaders, so you can get that fish in quickly. If you want to take a picture of it. All right. You ready? As I'm looking at Emily, click, click. boom, back in the yeah. water. Two or three seconds yep. stops. Yep. And then let that fish go. And if you're having trouble getting it, to, for that photo, just let it go. Catch another one. Yep. You know, the the photo of you working hard for a tr fish that's problematic versus it versus it's dying or it not making mm. good offspring, it's not worth it. Yeah. Now, uh, the, the thing, I bring that up because as I'm trying to teach my son, who's 12, and obviously there's going to be mistakes made yep. when they're, like, taking out the hook and learning how to use a... Um, he must ask players. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're going to come across mistakes there, you know, where you yeah. might have pulled it out too hard. Mishandle or he mishandled it and he can't do it and you got to take over and show him. So it's just like there's some leeway there as far as like teaching. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Children yeah. how to do it because you want them to do it the right way. So yeah. eventually that, you know, yeah. when he becomes an adult, he can do it the right way. Yeah. Um, so that's good to know about the 10 second yep thing um so great advice on that and they've got like i mean hook release tools i mean depending obviously if you want to get your photo like do yep. that but like hook release tools so you don't even have to take them out of the water yep. um mm. and that's like a pretty cool new tool that like i just learned about probably like three or four years ago I'm seeing that a lot more, <clears throat> like on Instagram and mm -hmm. it's, other photos that i mean i don't share. yeah i don't really know they how take to photos describe of a it, fish like it's just like an inch or two out of the water, which tells me that they just like well, and a lot of it out of the water real quick and got the photo and then dipped him back yeah. in the net. Depending, the right? Water. If it's steelhead, like you're yeah. not, yeah, you you're not supposed, like, you're not allowed to take him. Yeah, out they of the have water. to still be in have the to water. Stay at gills, like same with kings. When we were able to fish for him last year, you know, for catch and release, like that mm -hmm. fish cannot come out of the water, and you get that real nice, sexy photo of the fish out there. You know, mm -hmm. water going over the gills. Um, yeah. But like you're saying with kids, like. You know, I got a two-and-a-half-year-old daughter. She's been out fishing countless times, but just teaching them right. And I think the biggest thing would be just having the tools there for your kid. And, like, yeah, some of these landing nets are stupid expensive and not necessary, but just get, like, a good, like, frabil net. There's a bunch of nets out there that have big baskets. You can hold the net for the kid so that the fish is in the water so that yep. you're taking the hook out in the water so that that fish is breathing. Even if your kid messes it up a couple times, it's okay. It's still in the net. It's still in the water. The fish is breathing. Like, okay, do it right. There you go. Yeah. To teach that next generation. On, the on rubber net is the move. I, oh, I 100%. And you're right with the big basket and all that. Like, yeah. I have one of those. And 
it's so important. Yeah. As long as you're just, I mean, you're obviously making the strides and hopefully people are, you know, to, to learn, to know how to do it the right way so that they can at least inform. Yeah. Like you said, mistakes are going to be made, but it's like, as long as like you're informing them, like, okay, this is what we're doing and why we're yeah. doing mm-hmm. it, yeah. you know, and then they'll, they'll learn as you keep going, yeah. you know? I mean, let's not forget like fishing. It's a blood sport. You know, up mm-hmm. catch and release fishing is great because we're able to experience that and then let them go so we can catch it, catch them again. But let's not forget, like, we got into fishing so we could feed ourselves, feed yeah. our families. And Put that's, fish on and the that's, stringer. Exactly. And that's right. Knowing, okay. knowing yeah. which ones yeah. you can grab yeah. that bat and hit and the piss out of. <laughs> well, that's, you know? that, that's what I'm saying because especially when you're doing, like, a mixed day. Like, let's say you're doing the upper kenai and the sockeye running and you might a lot catch of combo a sockeye. Yep. There's, like, the difference between, like, drag that fucking thing in here and blast it on the head versus, like, be gentle. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, let's not take it out of the water. Yep. yep. Yeah, there's a fine, fine line, and yeah, it's just, it's so cool that you can do both in a day, too. You oh, know, yeah, and a lot fill of the freezer and, and catch a wild fish and let it go back just so that someone else can experience mm-hmm. it. It's great. Yeah. yeah. It was funny, a couple of years ago, I was just, it was a spring day, uh, Finger Lake. Yep. Just, you know, ice went out, get the, you know, motor running on the boat, rip around, <clears throat> trolling a, uh, a, uh, Rapala or something, just you know, probably two or three feet down, smacking ice like twenty-four inch stock dolly or char or whatever, whatever it was. Yeah. It was I think it was a dolly, and uh, you know, hook him, get my rubber net, boom, net him. You know, my grandpa catches him, pull the hook out. I'm like, all right, pick him up. And this is a stock fish. This isn't a wild. You know, I'm pretty sure it's a stock fish, but I had no intentions of keeping him. Right. Yeah. He gets his photo. I, he like was holding it. Like, I'm like, okay, Grandpa. So I grabbed the fish and set him back in the water. And he's like, well, we're not keeping it. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Did you want to keep the fish? He's like, what do you mean? Yeah, I'm gonna bring it back, throw it on the grill. I'm like, oh, damn. I I just I don't keep trout. I don't keep char. I don't keep. Yeah, I don't keep this stuff. My like, mom uh, said the same thing. I, I mean, right. she I know was we've just, talked about so that. So my before. point, my point is, is the old school is like yeah. you catch a fish and you bring it home, you put it on the pan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You eat it, and, uh, and I, I do that too. I, I get that. Grew up doing that, but there are just times when it's like you're in harvest mode, or you're in. I just want to catch a fish and throw it back mode. Yeah. yeah. Just want to catch the fish. Just funny fishing with a different, and there can be there can be both. There can be all the things. Well, and I'm like, well, if we catch a couple little rainbows, we'll like catch. We'll keep them pan fries and and throw those in. But that's a nice older fish, and even though stock or not, I. I don't. Yeah, I feel. I feel, like I feel this about is not a, a, this I feel is not about a way when I, that. No, it's not an eater fish, and yeah. so. But he was just like, I mean, we we. You know, you put the old metal stringer on the cleat and drag yeah. a fish. <laughs> put another one on there. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. It's stringer like full of the mentality. Oh the mentality. I know. Right? <laughs> well, it's so funny. Like the majority so of stringer fish. full of sixteen-inch rainbows. Like, oh god, <laughs> my god, grandpa. <laughs> grandma, get the flour in the frying frying pan out. <laughs> Trout and eggs. But it's it's so funny. Like the amount. Like I got a, we got a bunch of buddies, you know, you and I, Emily, who are all hunting guides and, you know, people who are just like bonking fish left and right. And it's like, hold on, wait a minute. People pay to do all this. You hop on planes, you hop on helicopters, you go out to the middle of nowhere and you catch the fish and And you let them go. Yep. 
We yep. sure do. That's yeah. what you're paying for. Hold on. So you're, you're telling <laughs> me <straight>. that people <laughs> pay all this money and you catch the fish and you let them go. Yep. That's that's what we do. Wrap your head around that. Yeah. That's, but we can also is, take you on another trip where yeah. you can whack them yeah, and we can, can cook them up. Yeah. Yep. It's just a mentality. I, I, I wonder like who like even thought about that. Like we can make more money if they don't keep them. Yeah. Well, I mean, to me, like, personally, like, relating it to hunting. Like, I love hunting. I sadly don't get to hunt as much as I once did with our business, but, like, I love hunting. The chase, the stock, even the work, you know, like, I love every aspect yeah, the harvest, of it. The meat and the freezer, You know, but to me, like, the worst part is actually pulling that trigger or letting that arrow fly because it's like, that animal's dead. I mean, I get it. That's what we need to do. That's I totally support that. But like, that's the worst part. Whereas, like with fly fishing or any sort of fishing, and you're catch and release, you get to do that, and you're like, oh, okay, there you go. Yeah. Someone else is going to have that same experience. Mm. You know, like you're you're able to do the act without actually doing the act. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, you no, get the fun part of. That. Well, it's like, okay, so to hunting right there's such a thrill in you know spotting the critter stalking the critter watching it whatever calling it and then you get in range and then you realize oh shit like it's about to go down put your sights on it click it off the safety you know it could be a handful of different emotions right you could be jitters you could be calm you could be whatever and then once you let it fly I mean, there's no, there's no take back. Yeah. There's no, yes. there, there's no, no take back. We're not reviving it, a George and like, trying to let it, <laughs> just kidding. I didn't Come on, George, do. you can make it, but it is an unbelievable thrill. Um, and you know, adrenaline and emotion and yeah. Oh yeah. You know, happiness and sadness and like the whole thing. Yeah. It's a great point. I never actually thought about yeah. that as far as the catch and release yep. is so nice because you're like, you get to do the all the exciting all stuff the exciting all the way stuff. up to you pull the trigger, except for it just shoots a rubber bullet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you get exactly you get the, the moose full walks away. package. I think we've Bam, talked. I, I think you. we've talked about this before, yeah. maybe too, but uh, like relatively new into the salt fishing game, mm-hmm. and you know, I know you've been plenty, not maybe not a ton, or oh, very. Last year was my first time going. Right, and it and, was fucking awesome and that's mm. what i equate love salt, salt water fly fishing to is like to me that's straight up hunting oh hunting you are oh. you are sight like spot and stock type. sight fishing mm-hmm. you know like th- throwing like everything that works at them okay like few casts they look at it they see it you know if you're able to even yep. present you know whatever fly to them but then it's like you got to be on your game quick change it up, throw something else, a shrimp pattern, crab pattern, whatever. Um, and you could be literally like running down the beach, you know, to like try and get another cast because you see them like traversing. Yeah. It's like saltwater fly fishing is like, uh, it's, yeah, like it's, it's shocking it's, it's, it's to like me that you, hunting. that you haven't been mm, that yeah. much. And I'm well, sure to leave Alaska and steel well, head a, and yeah. snow. That's a lot. Right. Yeah. yeah you yeah. got it. You got a hunting trip. P- in. I, yeah. yeah. You yeah. pick what's like, Oh, which activity do I want to do more? You know, yeah. shred power, like go somewhere. Tropical. So when you were referencing saltwater, that's what you're referencing to was actual like bow flats 
fly saltwater fishing. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Not deep sea, Correct. halibut deep sea. type yeah. stuff. No, okay. Like okay. It's, uh, stalking the flats, like Emily's saying, like going for bonefish, permit, tarpon, snark. Yeah. Like you, you are hunting, like particularly for, for bonefish. Like you get out on this beautiful flat and they're so keyed up and you're, Stalking very quietly. You're looking. So where for you got t- like the pole and you like push. The yeah. Hopefully you tight. got somebody. Well, hopefully you got a guide. And yeah. and that's what you're paying for. It's like that yeah. second set of eyeballs, and they are trained. Like and until you've actually been able to like see and know what you're looking for, it's like they're gray shadows and you don't see them. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, and then they're you know you they're like oh 80 yards two o'clock. It's like the fuck they are the and it's like right you just you just trust and you hopefully you got yeah. a good guide and like yeah. you just start you know pulling line and like yeah. putting it to where he says and you know it's it's so cool and it's such an experience oh it's so much fun and even like we were talking earlier like hunting like the trials and tribulations like with mm. with flats fishing like you, even if you do everything right you make the perfect cast you're casting right to that tailing fish and your line lands perfectly but what you didn't see was the five other fish that were right by there so your line lands those fish spook and then they then spook Spook the the fish that you were fishing Mm. for and even if they don't what's so cool about that water is like you get to watch it all play out like Mm -hmm. they could they could swim straight up to your fly and look at it be like fuck that fly and then skirt then they're yeah. out of there. It's yeah. like Break that your heart. fake motherfucker. <laughs> like, I see you. Psych. You know? Or it's like you're stripping and then they're coming like directly Well, that's at part you. of like train too, right? You would think? Or just extreme wild? I don't like, know. Yeah. It's, I mean. I don't know enough yet about I, that. I'm still pretty new to it, but just even folks who've been into it forever, like you can do everything right. Like permit fishing, they're like the holy the holy grail yeah it's the sheep yeah it really is that's the pearl and a half yeah Yeah. good good analogy good metaphor and can do everything right just like emily's saying you can have the right flyer they just come up and they're just like "Mm, no no not feeling that or you can do like me and my first time ever saltwater fly fishing i actually get a permit to grab Set the hook. Trout per- set. No, no, oh, I did, did not fucking trout <laughs> set. I did not do that Good once. For you. Yeah, I was so like tip down strip and, set. Yep, and I didn't. The guide, uh, my buddy, saw it. And he's like, it ate and felt it. And I was it. like, what happened? Why it didn't work? I don't know, man. It just doesn't happen all the time. I was oh like, <laughs> but second time ever know, man. permit eat on my own home time fly it was first oh, time ever tying so, cool. so that to me was almost good as it like the yeah. fly that i tied on some yeah. fish i'd never seen fooled him yeah and that's like the huge thing right it's like when you're down there it's like you strip set you don't trout set oh. because that when you trout oh, set, you it don't. pulls the fly like out of their mouth and, and it's like when you strip oh. set it makes it pre- it, it makes yeah. it present appropriately like a shrimp gotcha. would move or a crab would move i've never done any of that so that's new to me that's, yeah and that's like that. people's that that uh salt water fly fish for the first time that's typically their first you so know they you could be the most yep yeah, yeah. they could be the most well, if you don't know you don't know well like, and, you know. and that you do know you do know, but it's your natural reaction oh, to when you yeah, take like, it. To, oh, fucking! I got it, and it's yeah. like gone. Later, bye. Oh. Uh huh. That's right, man. So, Bury at what it. point do you pull the rod up? Once you're like you he's on, strip, oh. once, strip, strip, once, strip, strip, and then you're like once you feel on, him on there, then it's then like, you can do the let go. You, s- you strip yeah. set to set the hook. Okay. 
and then, then once they're on, it's like you can lift it up and then let them take line and start bringing it back in. I but think what helped me is all the years I've been chasing Steely with a two-handed rod. You sure. Because you don't. I made that mistake many years ago the first time I went steelhead fishing in the lower 48, swinging for days. Finally, get that grab, that reel, clicks, click, 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 got one, and just boom, trout set. And my buddy, he was teaching me, was sitting in the woods smoking a cigar in here. I bet you don't ever do that again. No. He's fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that really just missed me. Yeah. yeah like, You'll only do it once. You only do it once. And to yeah. realize that is not the move. That's not what you uh-huh. do. When you're like, and that could be your shot for the day. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. I mean, doesn't that just take unbelievable self-control and discipline to be like, don't do it. I mean, kind of. It's Don't like do it. It's like hunting, man. To not get that buck fever, just to stay yeah, calm, chill, cool, and collected, mm. and like be like Think in the moment through. experience. But like, mm. I need to do this at this moment. I don't need to spaz out yeah, and lose chill. it. And mm-hmm. you know, that's the difference in anglers. Just like in hunters, like some people can hone it in, be calm find and cool and collected, and, and find that. And then sometimes you're just like ah! reaction book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I wondered. I've been fishing my whole life. My dad taught me. We've been doing fishing forever. But I still don't feel proficient. And I've been fishing for like 30 years. I don't How so? What do you mean you I don't just, feel proficient? I feel the same way. I feel as if like the question is, is like when do you feel proficient enough to like be like, I'm going to start guiding? You know, that's like a tough question because – my son wants to be a guide eventually. He's like, oh, really? he's like he a young guy. It? He wants to do this stuff. Does he want a job? And he's trying <laughs> yeah. to do all this stuff. And that, that's what I'm telling him. I said, yeah, well, you're going to need to get a job and go learn it and yeah. do it all that. And to me, it's like, man, I've been doing this whole time. And I mean, sure, I'll bring a family and I can teach people. I feel proficient enough to like show someone that doesn't know. General technique. But if you had some dude that comes with all this shit from fucking Colorado, I'm like, oh, just well, simmed this out is from what Bozeman? I do, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. It's like, what, what, what is it? Is it one of those things kind of like the podcast? Like, we didn't know. We just fucking did it. You fake know what I'm saying? T- fake it till you make it. Just go. Just like, yeah. I'm guiding now. Or was it a point where like, man, I could make this into a business? You understand the question? Yeah. Well, with for me, knowing that I can make this into a passion into a business. It was years of guiding, going to school, working for tons of outfitters, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. Like being an outfitter, I think, is different than being a guide. Like being an outfitter, Mm. you need to not only be a guide, but you need to know the business side of things. You need to know how to work with people. But for like your son's instance on knowing like when can you be a guide is you really just have to be good with people. Yeah. And feel confident in what you're doing. And that's one thing that I told him because he's kind of shy as, as most like, you know, young boys are that are into outdoor stuff versus like, you know, hockey or whatever. Yeah, he's good at it too. You know, he's like, he's kind of a shy thing, but you're a hundred percent correct on that. Like it's a business. So you need to be a people person. You got to be able to communicate with the person who's paying you to take you out here. Yep. No. And I think, you know, again, difference between guide and outfitter is, being a guide, you just need to be passionate about what you're doing and definitely have a skill set and a knowledge. But also at the same point, like when I was 20 years old and started guiding, I had countless clients who had been all over the world fly fishing and had been fly fishing way longer than I had. 
but I knew the water that I was fishing. I knew mm. what I was doing. Mm. And the greatest thing about fly fishing and fishing in general, it's limitless. It's bottomless. There's always another trick. There's always another knot. There's always another setup. You can always learn. But if you know the water that you're guiding mm. and you know the fish that you're taking these people who have way more experience than you do, but they don't have that experience where you They might have that experience uh, in wherever yeah. they're yeah. from, yeah. but not... But not you know, the river that they're on that day. Yeah, a local guide knows his local waters. And mm. then after that, you branch out, you know, to saltwater, to jungle species, to whatever. And then you become well versed, you know, a, 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 take a, it wherever you want. Yeah. Mm. But like for someone getting into it, just you need to know your knots, you need to know your water, and you need to be good with people. That's yeah. that's it. The rest will come. If you can do those three basic things. I mean, one of our senior staff who was a multi-day raft guide for lots of years, great at whitewater, great on the sticks, had dabbled in fly fishing a little bit, but was great with people. Mm. We taught him the water. And yes, most of his clients that he fished with had fished way more than he has. Yeah. But he knew the water, he knew the fish, and he knows how to be good with people. And he's one of our best guides there is. Well, I think two of those three are teachable. Oh yes. I tell like you what, the that, water that gift and the gab. sticks and not but the like the people person thing is like almost a natural Yeah thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's what's probably gonna get you that extra tip. Oh, Your 100%. fun that that yeah. I, I think about like Dustin and Dallas yep. and like Dustin, our buddy, like gift of gab. Like he will just make the day fun, enjoyable, yep. even if they don't get shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like he knows the Kenai, but like Ultimately, I think people leave just like they had a great time, regardless yeah. of the quality it's a, of the, the experience versus the fishing. Yeah, on the nose, but it's the experience. Yeah, getting out. I mean, you do get those. Not to equate it back to hunting, but you do get those headhunters. Like, I want to catch a thirty-inch oh, rainbow. Yeah, no, you can equate I, I, it. I want to catch a thirty-inch rainbow. I need yeah. to kill my sheep. I need to kill my brown bear. Yeah. Yep. Like the trip is over if that doesn't like happen. A bucket list yeah. check off the but board. Most thing. people they want that experience and like most people who are real hunters know that if they're mm -hmm. doing this guided hunt, they're paying for the chance for it to happen. It's not a sealed deal. Like no. it's Correct. hunting, it's fishing. There's so many variables that can just sorry, it's not happening today. And if you provide a good experience and have a good time and literally become their friend, become their fishing buddy, become their hunting buddy, you're going to be a good guide. A good guide is a chameleon. You can play to your crowd. Mm. You always need to be yourself. But if you get a bunch of uber conservative, Mormon, whatever, you don't want to be dropping F-bombs like we are every mm -hmm. two yeah, seconds. Yeah, know your audience. Yeah. You, know, and, and know, and you know, know your audience, but then same thing, too, if you get folks who are like... We have a lot of Mormons that listen to us. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they listen once, and they're like, not for me. Yeah, yeah. but just be We only able. burn Mormon wood. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Just to, to play to your crowd and read people. Now. And yeah, you're right. You can't teach that but if your son if he's a little shy and a little laid back just relying on his skills of like i know this this is what i do i'm polite yeah. i'm listening to you i'm treating you like a person he'll go a long way man and as he gets yeah. older he'll get that confidence well and even when we Great were advice. like up up in the bird the other day like those guys were asking you about like your repeat customers like yeah. tell like what percentage of your clients are repeaters oh 60 to 70 yeah. percent like i mean that's, yeah, for a multi-day is probably even more. Yeah. Because yeah, it's the, 
I mean, we all know living here, we can kind of get a little jaded. Like Alaska is one of the truly most amazing places in the world. Our daily drives to work are awe-inspiring, jaw-dropping. And then as you guys know from getting into planes and helis and getting out, like just, just the opportunity to see what we see, even if we don't catch the fish we want, shoot oh, the yeah. animal we want, just that experience. And for, you know, a lot of our clientele, I mean, they spend in a year for fishing what we paid for our, our houses, you know, a down payment for a house. Mm -hmm. But then we get a lot of folks who they've, you know, their mom worked at Walmart. Their dad was a cop. Mm -hmm. They've been working overtime. They've been working extra shifts to come for their one trip to Alaska. And just that experience of getting out here and seeing what we don't take for granted, but what we love. I mean, that's, I mean, it's priceless, man. Yeah, that that's kind of what I was thinking when you were, were talking about Mateo and his aspirations of guiding and your, your, uh, you know, your, your experiences and what the, the, the people, you know, I, I went to, uh, I went to this really cool, uh, like seminar for Disney years ago down in Orlando. And they talked about, you were going to be Mickey Mouse. I'm, I'm getting to that. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> the, the guy was talking about just their culture and how they train they're people, you don't just get hired and serve sodas. You go through like a training process and you sure. actually qualify to, you know, be a cast member. And one of their big things was the fact that there are people there that saved their life savings or they saved for years to load their family up and fly out there and experience that overpriced, crazy, you know, experience. And I'm not saying that, uh, a uh, fly out fishing trip or hunting trip is overpriced. It is market value is what it is. But the point is, is that to your point, the mom, Walmart, the dad, cop, the pipe fitter, the whoever, you know, a lot of times these might be their first and only opportunity to experience what they're doing. So as a guide, as an outfitter, yeah. one has to appreciate the fact that somebody might've just saved for 10 years to get on that plane, to get on your boat, to throw your gear and you need to understand that it's all about what they leave with minus a 30 inch rainbow, 16 inch rainbow or no rainbows. Yep. But did they have fun? Did they enjoy it? Is the experience what it should have been? Yep. That's probably the thing to, for Mateo to really grasp onto is that the fact that we are jaded. We can oh, just, you know, you can save 1500 bucks and jump on a plane and fly out and go fishing yep. every other weekend. Yep. We have that access. Yep. You know, a lot of us have moose camps to go to every year. We go to Kodiak every year. We do this thing. Yep. <clears throat> a lot of these guys get one chance. One chance. Guys and gals yep. get one chance. Yep. Guy might be retired, worked for 40 fucking years as a whatever. And, yep. You know, it's yeah. something that needs to be considered in, you know, the, the grand scheme. And yeah. I think you you nailed it, man. Like, as a guide, you have that privilege to take that mm. person, that guy like or that, that gal, yeah. to get to experience what is our Tuesday morning at work is their trip of a lifetime, and that is a privilege. And to share that experience with folks and help them feel that stokeness that we feel for being able to hop on a plane or go to moose camp, like, this is their one chance. Like for your son, Mateo, yeah. just to realize how lucky he is to be able to do that. I mean, like most, most guides, there's two type, two types of fishing guides for the most part. 
There are guides who will do it for a couple few years. Like there's seasonal workers, there's ski bums in the winter. They guide fishing and rafting in the wintertime, sorry, in the summertime. And they're seasonal. They're doing it in between jobs till they get a real job. And then there are guides who are lifers mm. like me. Like this is what, what I'm on this earth for. What you do. Yep. And I can't tell you how many times the, the lifers will get, get almost more stoked and more excited over yeah. the fish than the yeah. clients do because we're just so jazzed yeah. on it, you know, and yeah. that's like being a guide for so long and seeing the, you know, basically the two different types of guides. Like that's, that's the difference. Those who feel that we do have a privilege to do this, that we are lucky enough to do this and experience this many yeah. times over versus the dude who's just like, Oh yeah, I did it for a summer. It was cool. And now I'm working in an office and I was a fishing guy for summer. And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I have a question about your guides. How, how many do you have right now? 10. And how, like what is, what is the duration of time that like the average out of those 10 have been with you? Um, my senior staff has been with me for six years. So almost like yeah, since my head, the inception. My, my, head, my head guide has been with me eight years. So cool. Yeah, they're, they're lifers. So you have we, retention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just lost a, a husband and wife duo. They were great. They'd been with me for a few years. I flew them in too many damn helicopters. They're off becoming helicopter pilots. <laughs> so they're, cool still too. Doing, they're still doing the thing. Oh, yeah, still doing the thing. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I miss them. Just, yeah. not, just like, not for you know, fish out. Yeah. Fishing's cool, yeah. but these helicopters are kind of sick. Helicopters are so fucking rad. Yeah, uh, yeah heli skiing. <laughs> yeah, we did. I want to switch gears a little bit and get on some, um, not like technical gear stuff, but... Um, I'm a gear geek. Let's one, go. One of my first actual <laughs> questions that I'm like, just in general, like, why are drift boats only used on the Kenai? Well, like, you don't go to Willow or some of these other Golcana or some of the, you don't never see a drift boat anywhere but Kenai. Like, why? You'll occasionally see some drift boats on the Willow. Um, the reason why in years past you hadn't seen any drift boats up in our neck of the woods is because the takeout, um, was atrocious for some strange re well i know the reason um they had three massive boulders at the takeout on one of our main rivers so that people wouldn't illegally launch jet boats so that they had to go pay oh. at one of the state oh, campgrounds okay so getting uh, a trailer down to a drift boat was Im Im impossible Got now it. that the state park has realized that that was a dumb idea you can now drive a trailer down to the boat ramp, and we have seen drift boats up in our neck of the woods. Okay. Uh, but the main reason you don't see as many drift boats on our rivers up north is they're they're rocky, you know. Okay. And just like uh, we were talking earlier about it's more the jet technical, boats. right? Trying to get around. Yeah, just a little more technical, but like so, I have I've had countless drift boats. Like drift boats are fun; they're comfortable. But if oh, you're talking the aluminum, yeah, yeah, drift boat. Yep. Okay, yeah, yeah. A dory. Yeah, yep, dory. If you hit a rock in a drift boat. It's jarring. I mean, uh, everyone yeah, gets violent. thrown forward. Yeah, yeah, it's violent. Doesn't bounce off yeah, like a you, rubber. You raft. Hit a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you hit a rock and raft, and it's like, oh, we bounced off a rock. It's okay, you know, and keep yeah. going. Um, <laughs> but the main reason we rock rafts is not only is it gentler if you do hit something, but you know, with all of our flyout trips, you can fold up a raft, throw it into a plane or helicopter, and it can fly out. It's pretty hard to do yeah. that with a drift boat. What's your favorite raft brand? Man, I've been doing this so long, I really don't have a favorite. Or is there something you're looking for? Like, let's say there's, I got a few buddies looking for rafts. Yeah. Um, 
I have a Alaska Outfitters 14 Great foot yep. raft. Of those. Yep. Um, it's not the fanciest fucking NRS or whatever, yep. but it fucking does the job. Yeah. yeah, I have um, yeah, like three or four Alaskan Outfitters. But, you know, as as you look at the different rafts and you see different tube sizes and what is on the bottom of the raft and how bugged that seal comes up and is it on the whole thing and, you know, there's all these different brands and all that. Maybe what are some of the top, like if someone's looking for some good family boat, What's some of the top brands you maybe want to look for? It really depends on what you want to do. Like if you got a, a family and you're going to keep a boat inflated on a trailer like you would a drift boat, um, you know, PVC, when PVC boats first came out, I was very hesitant. I was always a big fan of Hypalon or Orca. They were a much more durable material. And I always thought, you know, PVC was crap. But after having used a bunch of PVC boats, the materials are awesome. It really just depends what you want a boat for. If you want a boat that you're going to roll up every winter, put on a trailer, roll it up, go on a fly out, out west, up north, down to the southeast, um, a boat that has Hypalon or Pinel rolls up a lot smaller, smaller and is easier to transport and lighter. But honestly, So what's mine then? Because it doesn't roll up it, like that good. No, that's a PVC boat. <laughs> it's a motherfucker. Boat. Yeah, yeah. So that's a good boat, like if you're going to be trailering it with that's a family. That's a longboard underneath it to like get it up in the driveway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, any major producer out there, whether it be a local Alaskan or a bigger brand like NRS or Sotar or whatever, mm. they, they all make good boats. And not to sound like an ignorant American, but all the PVC boats are basically made in the same two factories overseas. Yeah. And it's just got a different label put on them. Yeah. So with regards to that, um, the biggest difference I think honestly between PVC and like Hypalon or an Orca material is patching. Um, PVC boats. Hypalon? How do you spell that? H Y P A L O N. Hypalon. Yeah. So it has a new trademark name. It's called Orca. Okay. Yeah. Is that what the new Sotar stuff's coming Correct. out with? Okay. Correct. I've seen that. And the, and the yeah. reasoning is that it folds up better for it a rolls. plane. It has it's less smaller. memory. It folds up a lot smaller. But what about that durability? I mean, my, oh. I've never had a patch mine, and mine's been like yeah. multiple moose hunts and floats and bashes I, uh, and like I dragged and like, like I was, the trailer. I was, when PVC first came out, I was super against it. Now, granted, I've been in this for over 20 years big gear geek and like oh pvc that's plastic that's what you make water bottles out of um but after having had experiences with them and how easy they are to patch and actually how strong they are i have multiple pvc boats i have multiple hypalon orca boats like there's just like everything you know there's trade-offs but gotcha. as far as durability they're great they hold up well they patch they actually in my opinion pvc boats like if you're out in the field on a moose hunt or a fishing trip and you gash a boat you deflate that tube, you throw on the glue, you set a rock on it, and a couple hours that boat's going to float again just fine. Yeah. You know, it's it's actually more durable than I originally gave it uh, credit credit for. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. But really just what you want to do with a boat. Do you want to pack it up, throw it into an airplane? Is it going to stay on a trailer? Are you going to leave the frame on it? That would kind of dictate it. And also size is the most important thing. Like, yeah. are you taking up a family of four? 
is it you and your buddy? Are you going for just a fishing trip where you want to have a small boat they can throw in the back of your pickup truck, two dudes fish off of and be fine? Or is it a boat where you want to be able to go fishing with a couple buddies, go on a moose hunt, go on a caribou hunt, throw a yeah. couple dead animals in there? Those are really more the questions that you need to ask yourself, ask yourself as far as what size, how big. Uh, but all all manufacturers out there are, are pretty darn good. Sounds like I need more boats <laughs> you always need more boats <laughs> i mean alaskans like that's our problem. well i'm surprised yeah. that there hasn't been an alaskan company that's created a rat an alaskan there made. there are there are sotar has an alaskan uh gary king has an alaskan uh, alaskan outfitters they were an alaskan based yeah uh, but it seems company. like they're all done now like you can't even like Gary King still making boats. Um, the Alaska series, the Outfitter series. He's sadly not producing boats anymore. He had a bunch of good boats that a lot of us had, and that yeah. were super good. Um, and Sotar still has an Alaskan. Okay. Are those all found at the raft Alaska Raft and Kayak? Is that where you buy it? All, most well, of the, no, they Mine's have the Gary Kings and no, they, Gary they, Kings through Gary King Alaska Raft. What well, shout out to Rob by the way. He was at the. BHA giveaway. He put in a whole bunch of tickets. He was really hoping to win. Oh, he did. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, but it are, I mean, there's tons of good manufacturers out there. It really just comes down to what you want to do with a boat before you yeah. figure out. There's not one better brand, in my opinion. I have three of about everything, and they're all good. Yeah. I would say, uh, like you asked about the Alaska. I think that's more of like he has the, um, I wouldn't say permit, but the whatever to distribute or contract. sell contract for NRS. Yep. Um, and what okay. else? Like Air. Yep. And, are, are those um, like Gucci brands? Maybe Otter. Does he have Otter too? Uh, I don't think he has. Well, it's also NRS is an amazing company. Um, it was started by a dude from Idaho, and he actually just sold the company back to the company to the employees themselves. Nice. Oh. Really cool story. Diving, and there. diving style. Yes, yeah. yes, very cool story. NRS, phenomenal brand. When you have an issue, you call up the people in Moscow, Idaho, and you talk to them, and they, they're NRS, they're Star. Um, I don't think they're Air. Oh, I can't they're remember right too. now. Okay. But, yeah, there's there's yeah. NRS and Alaska Raft and Kayak. Great, great people, great bands. They stand behind their stuff. Good yep. customer service. Great customer yeah. service. Great, yeah. NRS, oh. you know, in this digital day and age where most pro orders, you're just filling out online. NRS, you call, yep. you talk to a human. They're great. Yep. And I will say a big out. shout out to, like, as you say, the evolution of these materials. A lot, a lot has come along down the line as far as even, like, water bags. Oh, dry you know what I'm bags, saying? Yes. Dry bags and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Like, they're dope now. Yep. Like, you can get the one with the zipper and the duffel, or you want this. Yep. Like, yeah. back at, like 10 exactly. years ago, it was like. Oh, I know, uh, bud. Eight trash bags. You know, or and the wrap it up. Walmart dry bag? Yeah. Would not recommend the Walmart dry bag. In Colorado, it was One time fine. use? Yeah. Colorado, yeah. where it barely ever rains. It's fine. But here in Alaska. Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. Even when it does rain, the stitching still leaks. <laughs> like my mouth on. Did you, you got a hole in your lip? You got a hole in your lip. <laughs> some smoky um, scotch? <laughs> we'll be right back. I got to use the bathroom. I think Adam does too. Broke and sealed. Tailored Restoration, 24-hour emergency home services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. 
Tailored has an emergency response number with trained professionals available to help you at any time, day or night. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Make an appointment today at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Since 2008, Serrano's is Anchorage's own new generation of Old Cocina. Their menu showcases the passion and love of their rich heritage and unique family recipes that have been passed down through the generations. Serrano's goal is to embrace and display trad flavors using the best ingredients that are available. They focus on making everything from scratch daily. In-house menu includes handcrafted corn tortillas, salsas, carne asada, and chorizo. But don't take their word for it. Experience their tradition and sabor for yourself. Locations on Tudor and Northern Lights, both with new tequila bars. Check out their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. The Connoisseur Lounge, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. The Connoisseur Lounge is Palmer's first locally owned and operated cannabis retailer. Their beautiful store is located at 226 Evergreen Avenue. The Connoisseur Lounge has exclusive cannabis products such as Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Super Glue, and one of our favorites, Sugar Cookies. And if you're not into the flower, the connoisseur can hook you up with edibles, vape supplies, and a ton of CBD options for all your health and inflammation needs. Check out their daily deals at theconnoisseurlounge.net, or even better, stop by the lounge today. Remember, you must be 21 years of age to enter their store. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, it was, it was you know, I, I was going to ask Adam, and I, w- I was thinking about it. Um, you know, every, if you've ever done any sort of guiding, and I've and I've done, like, little, little, little guiding. I, I had the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. See, I guide you right into that caribou call. And, like, I had the, I had the, I had the privilege of, uh, just deckhanding on a, you know, fun a Valdez silver season. Great. You know, six packs every day, jump out in the sound and go troll for silvers. Occasionally we got a halibut, full day halibut trip, sure. you know, for folks. And um, it was, it was something where I was like, man, it's, it's hard day after day. Grind. Oh, yeah. Especially Grind. as a young man or woman, um, guiding, whether it's like raft guiding, fish guiding, um, maybe not so much hunting because it's a little bit more remote as far as going out for 10 days and then coming back and going out for 10 days. I think, you know, when you're guiding on a six pack in Seward or Whittier or Valdez, you know, you have civilization, you have bars, sure. you have uh, distractions. Yeah. And uh, Adam, what I was was talking about uh, was the 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 day to day grind of a guide, and and you know I think the start of the season you're energetic, you're focused, you're you're hungry. And Is then, there a set amount of days? Like we got seventy six days. Oh man, we start guiding first part of May and run all the way through mid October, and then we do ice fishing in the winter. Okay, it's, it's, case, case it's, in point. All right, it's a grind. That's a fucking grind. It's a fucking grind. Right to be on good good days and bad days, and you said that, and to be on. But to get up early every morning, sometimes after you fucking partied the night before. Which you do. Which people do. I do. <laughs> and and then and, and wrestle. Then, yeah. And then get then get your mind yeah. Let's talk about that later. <laughs> then get your mind right and then you get a then you get a client on there that might not be exactly a fun person 
who wants his 40-inch Ram or his 30-inch rainbow that, you know, George Mm -hmm. is like one fish that might get caught in this one watershed (laughs) once in a while and, you know. He caught it, so. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fucking but, but, but ate it. Before the guides came down, but I just feel like it's, it's, uh, what is the main, not to like keep diving into that, that guided part. I just want, I had one, I wanted to ask a question. Yeah, man. What makes, what is it that gets you out of bed every day, gets you off the cot every day, gets you your, your first leg thrown over that boat? Or that that coffee that rail. and nicotine. Okay, well that helps. And scotch and scotch no. and, and black coffee. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> like five you, level. Like you're, whatever that is. Like you're saying, like early season, everyone's you know stoked. Everyone's happy. We're like, oh, we're on the water. We're doing this. But then we call in our company. We call August angry August, the dog days, because it's just like especially this last year. I mean, it just rained and rained and rained oh and rained and rained and rained and flood stage and flood stage and you're trying to make the best out of it you know and what you really got to do and when you're waking up in your sleeping bag and you're like all right i gotta pack up these same wet soggy tents and be happy and do this and then you do that and then you throw in some Baileys in your coffee and then you're rowing the boat and someone catches a fish and they're fucking stoked and you're like ah all right. Okay. Shake it off. All right. We're good. We're good. And then you come back into, you know, this is on multi-day trips. Like when you're day oh, guiding, sure. day guiding's fucking easy. Like everyone says they want to be a multi-day guide. I'm like, try it. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Do you yeah. really? Because it you is. Want to do s'mores every night? It's a like. ton of work, <laughs> you know, but at the end of the day, most of us who have had success at it, you know, once you get your clients wined and dined and you feed them, you pick up a fly rod. And you go fucking fish and you're out in these amazing places that take a lot of money to get to and you're able to experience this as your job. Like I encourage my guides to fish. This is what we do. And I, just a little sidebar. It's so funny. Like clients ask me like, well, what do you do for fun, man? Like doing it, I'm bro. Like, this without you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we fish. Like there's guides, a cancellation. I'm going fishing. Yeah. Guides should fish. And I encourage my boys and gals to get out and fish. Now, obviously, when you're guiding, you don't want to be just raking in fish right in front of your clients. Yeah, this is how you do it right yeah. here. Bam! Here, he he told you he was right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Idiot. Oh, so many people. Like, How'd you miss here, that? Here, you show me. It's like, yeah. bam! Like, fishing guy, dude. Um, but yeah, just to get out and really just be in the moment of where you are and what you're doing. Like I said, this it's a, a privilege, and all, most of us who do this long enough really get that like dude we get to fly in planes and helicopters and carry guns and drink beer and we're not shooting people we're not shooting things like this is our fucking job and we get paid to do it and and enjoy it but i think deep down like when you're when you're grinding come august it, it it can be tough but for us the light at the end of the tunnel is our steelhead season the means yeah. to an end. Yeah, we're able to get out and go chase steel. The finale. And some, yeah, yeah. Well, that that brings me to a question. So, you're you're doing you. You're not guiding. You're fishing for Adam. Yep. What is your favorite fish to catch? Steelhead. Yeah. Mm. I had a feeling I was going to be the answer, given yep. the segue there. Yeah. Um, reason being, they're the unicorns, man. Like they're mm. just wild seagoing rainbow trout like to science on Corius Mycus 
It's a rainbow trout. There is no difference between a steelhead and a rainbow. But there is. I mean, there's a lot of science yeah. behind that, how rainbows can interbreed with steelhead, and that's a whole nother rabbit hole. But to catch a rainbow trout that, for whatever reasons, millions of years ago when all the other fish are swimming up river, swimming up river, these crazy fuckers are like, let's go <laughs> down. Let's see what happens. Yeah, there's some good food out and there. And they went out to the ocean. They survived being caught by commercial fishermen, salmon sharks, orca seals. fucking whales, seals, and then come back to the rivers. You know, like Emily and I were geeking about saltwater fishing. Like anything that swims in the ocean is way stronger because it's the yeah. fucking ocean. Yeah. Yeah, like, predators. Everything's yeah, a predator. It's the <laughs> fucking ocean. Yeah. The big eat the little. Exactly. And the bigger eat the big. 100%. (laughs) And when you're able to catch this fish that goes through that whole process and comes back to a river after being in the fucking ocean and tangling and touching those wild fish, I mean, there's just nothing nothing like it. Especially, you know, when you're, you were talking earlier about trap set. You know, like when I first steelheaded in the lower 48, learning how to throw a spay rod way back in the day with... You know, traditional spay line, double taper, where if everything wasn't just perfect, it didn't work. And you're so used to setting the hook. And with swinging, you let that fly swing, create a profile. That fish comes up, grabs, and it tink, 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 tink. And to fight every impulse in your body to not just pull that fucking rod up and pull that fly right out of its mouth, but to feel that fish grab that fly, turn, Feel that reel tick off and then put tension on and then just all hell breaks loose. And the next thing you know, that fish is, you know, way up river, cartwheeling. You're like, that is my fucking fish. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's just a, you know, very awesome experience that anyone who's into fly fishing should experience. Or even if you're not into fly fishing. Um, We're going to test your guys' trivia skills now. Damn it. Jack came through with the trivia. Jack's yeah, trivia. We're still working on the music. We're still working on the music, but we'll get there. Working on like the Jeopardy song. style music is like what? <coughs> yeah, but you can't use I, that. We'll right, get, right. Jeopardy type. Yeah, we need yeah. Jeopardy. Like a bebop. Like a bebop. A bop. Yeah, need the hip hop Jeopardy. We need to be about it a lot. Yeah, well, yeah. You mix up something. Yeah, man. We actually had something. We lost it. We like deleted the button on accident. Yeah, it's gone. It was awesome, but we need you know, something else. Rest in peace, okay. trivia tunes. Okay, Jack's trivia brought to you by yet to be determined. <laughs> <laughs> Double shovel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah maybe it will be we'll tonight. See. All right, Jack, you get wait, this I'll one. I'll check. You know what I'm saying? You um, silly goose! You got to do that in the mic. Oh, you're I did it earlier. Yeah, all oh, of them. Okay. Did it earlier. I was, right in the I was hearing it. Chug it. Do another one. I was hearing Chug a call. And I'm like, Chug it. No, oh. shows over. Pause. I was so confused. I was hearing a call, and I'm looking at everybody. I'm like, where's it coming? Uh, we'll from? be right back, guys. <laughs> 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 this is <an> unscheduled break. <laughs> all right, the world's biggest fly fishing target. What's it called? Tarpon. What Permit. do you mean, t- like the biggest fish? The world's biggest fly fishing target. Oh, like size of actual species? No, like what's it called? No, like what are they? What are they after? Like what's the most popular fish? Not most popular. Oh. The world's biggest. I'm gonna say fly like a target. tuna. If you're going out there oh, fly fishing, species. what is it? What is the biggest target? Oh, Mako shark, tuna. I said tarpon. Oh, okay. Sona. Uh, now this is Jack's trivia. 
Um, Arapaima Pita. Arapaima. Nope. Makos are bigger than Arapaima. I'll take that to the. I'll fight that. Arapaima, so they 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 will fly is. fish from Makos. Oh yeah, man. There's uh there's several dudes off the coast of California targeting Mako sharks on a fly rod. And a mako shark is way bigger than an arapaima. This is like 12 footers. So, what is it, arapaima? Can you look that up yeah, actually? I will. Arapaima. So, I'm actually is that like a megalodon? going to <laughs> South America <laughs> <That's his cousin? laughs> this coming summer. We're guiding hosting. I, I feel trips. like sharks are like Ara- a different thing, though. Ara- well, you say biggest fish, man. Yeah, I, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. is it a fi- I don't know. It's a fish, yeah. but it's not. It's an, like a, no, arapaima. Oh, they, are these awesome. are the ones that are in uh, uh, South America. Oh, my God. oh maybe, America. maybe you should have said river, do- river then. If yeah, you river said river versus fish, ocean. Okay, that's that was that was uh, yeah. someone's bad. Yeah, no, okay. Arapaima. Like Arapaima. Holy cow! Is it got like a like the tail tapers weird like that? Yeah, that this is one funny. Here, that, yeah, yeah. Dude, look at that. But I feel picture. like they're a tarpon. That Arapaima. A R A P A I M A. Yeah, Arapaima. Amazing. So is that like South America? Correct. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. Shit. Yeah. Look at that thing. Arapaima. So I remember awesome. watching. That dude's out there in his number this, nine Barcelona right jersey. Here. Yeah. <laughs> this dude right here. He. I, this oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Ever saw Oh, those my son is addicted to that. Yeah, River yeah, Monster. Monster fish or whatever. River yeah. Monsters. Okay, so that so freshwater fish. Okay. Arapaima. Okay, that right. makes sense. Was I? Was okay, I? so so let's let's go ahead with the same, <clears throat> along with the same question. Mm. How big? What was the max maximum recorded weight for the species? We're talking aeroplane. And second part is the length. So weight and length. Oh, I'm not gonna nail this on the head, but they're they're huge. They're like Oh huge? Yeah. Huge is the technical term. <laughs> so I'm waiting for Adam to go so yeah. I can get hundred. So I need pounds. Okay, I want pounds and then I want meters. Two hundred meters. We are in fucking Alaska. I this know. is Still the standard is, system. Is, I don't even know. God damn it, Jack. One point two meters. Well, well, you might as well ask us some fucking kilos. Yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. I mean, well, like, what are we doing here? Carry the two and make it a meters. I want to say like two hundred twenty pounds. Two twenty. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking monster. 150 to 175, five Fuck. to seven feet. That's exactly Fuck. what I was fucking I'm about. sure it was. I'm going to say 187 pounds. And Two it ounces. Was, it was five and a half meters long. Are you fucking Googling it right now, no, Emily? No, 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 so good with the metric system. That's huge. Well, think of a meter. Okay. No, 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 no. What did I say? A five, meter stick is about. No, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Three so and a half meters. So five of those? Three and a half meters. Yeah. Sorry. Three and a half meters. That's still okay. wrong. You're correct. <gasps> oh. 3.07 meters. How heavy? My first answer. No shit. Yeah. And the weight is 440 pounds. Holy fuck. I Bullshit. Let me say this. I, I don't have the actual. He just sent me I'll, the question. He looked it up. I'm sure he looked okay. it up. No, his, his trivia is legit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's monstrous. Yeah, four hundred and forty pounds. What, what pound? What pound, pound test? What pound? What kind of setup are they using on this beast? A fucking winch? A worn witch? Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the fish again? The para, para what? Arapaima. 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 I said paramima. Uh, no, no. Arapaima. No, there it is. There's a Y in there. I just wanted to see the. There it is, four forty. Four forty, and even yeah, three point oh seven. That's what I said. Four men 
holding that thing. It does say 220 pounds. That I mean, I didn't Google that, but I said 220. That's wild. 400 pounds is what you said. But the maximum recorded weight was 440. Yeah. While the longest recorded length was verified at three meters. And for all us Americans, that's 10 feet. That looks like a 10-footer. That's right bananas. Look at that thing. And there's a picture there. Google it. God damn it. I think it was caught on a rod. It's hill. funny. That looks What's like that? a tarp. I mean, it's got scales like a tarpon. And like it looks I mean, like it's got like a soft I mean, do you like fillet that thing with like a samurai sword or what? Just one <laughs> Just slice. Just like a moose, you bust out the chainsaw. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Get the DeWalt oh out. Goodness. <laughs> God damn, dude. All right. Question and number two. Let's three. go. Alaska-based. No excuses. Thank God. The Alaska Still State record sport caught halibut was caught where and what was the weight? I'll give you the year, 1996. It's been a while. I'm going to say Homer. Okay. And then after that, I, I just eat turkeys and chickens, man. I'll let those big ones go. <laughs> let them make babies. Yeah. I'm going to say like 900 pounds. Okay. And where? I mean. Sport caught. I'm going to say. I mean, my instinct is to say Homer, but like. 300 pounds. Okay. Wait. 300 Homer. 900. Homer. Homer. Petersburg, Alaska, 429 pounds. He fucking Googled it. Oh. You're pretty close. You're I did not cheater, swear to God, no. motherfuckers! You no. cheated, motherfuckers! You got laughed. I'm just thinking about the south, the south, the southeast has okay. good halibut fishing. It does. Four hundred and fifty-nine pounds. Oh way off. <laughs> on Alaska. On Alaska. On Alaska. On Alaska. Nice. Oh, out on the fucking Aleutian chain, dude. Yeah. Oh God damn it! See, there's so many things. There's so many. I said Petersburg. I'm like, well, it's like a port town. Yeah, that's a good Pick guess. your poison on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Homer's I mean, a good choice. I'm sure some three, 400-pounders have been. Some big boys pulled out of Homer. Yeah, yeah. dude. Um, okay, let's switch gears. I want to talk about um, rafting accidents. Because <laughs> um, I'm, so I'm sure I you kinda, have a couple stories. Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Do I kind of win the trivia? You kind of so win I the trivia. I kind of nailed the pyramid. Yep, pour a shot. It's the scotch is gone. Do you There's have other shit. Out there. some good brown water. I see a bottle of buffalo get, trace. Oh shit! Yeah, get you that buffalo that, trace out there. Come on. Man, we oh, do shit, got that's lots all of you had water. to say. <laughs> we do got brown water. I love this. <laughs> I can too. I'm days. glad to see you're drinking some brown water because remember one one of the shows you were whining about drinking brown water. Oh, that's me probably. Oh, is that you? I, I get heartburn. Heart burned. Yeah, <laughs> I'll still do it and suffer the consequences, but. I will. Well, and I think it was what the mayor brought because it was. Oh, that spicy was the jalapeno shit. Yeah. So, I, so I bring up the scary float thing because I, just like I feel there should be a class on how to back up a trailer into a. Agreed. Anywhere, okay, especially into a harbor, there should be a class on how to raft, how to oar. I haven't. I don't know if there is one. I haven't there, seen one. There are. There are. Okay. There are. I never took a class. I learned by some old guy who just took me right on the fucking worst spot in the worst place, and I figured it figured out or died. Put you right on the corner. Like, but good I took luck, many son. of friends and taught them how to raft. And of course, you know, there's alcohol and they're drinking, and then they think they know where they're at, but they've never been here. So why Save are you in the for front? The shore boys and, then and girls. They flip. They catch a sweeper. They 
jump off they think it's shallow it's not like we got names for kyle's rock and dennis's corner and this this all this stuff how'd you hear kyle's rock okay so my friend uh we have, mul- we have multiple kyle's rocks you have a kyle's rock i have a kyle's rock okay so my kyle's rock <laughs> is is this the same kyle <laughs> i hope not no kyle never ever went back again um so when you do the upper Kenai and you hit that 90 at the Russian, yeah. okay, and there's that wall, yeah. you got a backstroke because there's all those waves, yeah. and then at the end there's that big rock. Yeah. So I warned him about this, and I said, "What you know, just avoid the whole thing and just go to the right. Doesn't listen, goes right into the rock. My boy is big boy. He's probably like 380. That's a big boy. On a like double pontoon, probably not big enough for that stature. Like single gets, man pontoon. Single man pontoon oh gets the left gets the left <laughs> pontoon up onto the rock. He's trying to do this move. The shimmy. And the shimmy, and then yeah. the water just takes him and just dips the back of his uh raft and just does a full back flip into the water, gone. Raft's gone, everything's gone. And so that's been Kyle's rock ever since. So I'm curious on some of your stories on what you gotta have some. Oh man, I got we could Can be I here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could be here for hours on my. Well, let's hear Kyle's. <laughs> <laughs> so. Why is it Kyle's Rock? <laughs> my Kyle's Rock is a former employee, super good dude uh, from the lower 48. And on one of our. From where exactly? What's that? From where exactly? He's from Washington. Okay. Good, right. good, good dude. Got some river experience. A lot of good listeners out in Washington. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not yep. No, mm-hmm. Kyle. Kyle's awesome. He works for another company who we're, who we're good friends with and work with closely. But, uh, yeah, Kyle's, Kyle's Rock is on one of our remote rivers. And my uh, head guide, super experienced. You know, the water was a little higher. And they could have taken a sneak around this rapid and this is a legit rapid it's a hard river left river goes hard right there is a guard rock at the entrance of the rapid where you got to get one stroke in before the guard rock Mm. move the oar drop the oar back in hit the eddy of the guard rock point your nose I love looking down, seeing my pink fingernails. <laughs> from the yeah. uh, point Only your on nose. the right hand, too. Yeah, I like yeah. that part. She didn't want to do the left hand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> swivel the boat, point your nose at the big boulder, and then you hit this big pour over wave. Like, it's solid, three-plus three, three plus rapid. Um, but he did not hit the move that he needed to do, and it was so funny. God bless him, because he's like, as soon as I missed the stroke, I just closed my eyes and held on. <laughs> Dude, that's not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, and that boat just got wrapped and pinned. Um, yeah, everyone was okay. Everything was fine. Got the boat. Oh, there's clients in the boat and everything. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh shit. No. Yeah, it was it was it was full on. But uh, yeah, they uh, they made it out. Everything was fine. No one got hurt. That boat got recovered. Yeah. Kind of fish, but yeah, that's our our Kyle's rock. Oh, people went in the water though. Um, sort of. It wasn't. It wasn't a full like on. A lot swim. of water came in. Oh yeah, the boat was fully fully wrapped. We had a uh, my head guide had to cut a bunch of trees out under the water with a chainsaw to, to oh, get. Oh shit! Really? Yeah. 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 So I, you guys wrapped with chainsaws? Yes, we do. Mm. 
Yeah, that's that's part of like early season, like yeah. like I don't want to say like uh, scouting, but well, like, we, so every go. every year on all the rivers, we go through early season and zip stuff Especially out, clean, clean stuff up. Yeah, 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 we we clean stuff out. But does on, anybody else that does anybody else guide up there also, and do they do the same? This one particular river that you've been on, there was My another favorite. outfitter. Yeah, but uh, he doesn't guide up there anymore. Campbell? It's just, yes. Yes, uh, Little yeah. Campbell Creek. Right out of Upper Huffman area? It is in the Upper Huffman area. Stop yeah. telling everyone. No, sorry. <laughs> it's only on a mug and sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> just bring a chainsaw, boys and girls. So you're the only one that goes and does that yeah, river. But yeah, do that we, initial cleanup. We always care. I mean, on that river with all the flood stages, we have chainsaws. Yeah. Bring a fly rod, bring a chainsaw. I mean, and are, are they like, I'm thinking about that too. Like you know, nowadays they have like lighter weight, like battery powered ones. Are you guys going full? I'm a fan of two stroke. Yeah. Yeah. You got to smell the smoke. Yeah. Baby. Uh, I know. But like if yeah. we, I'm, weight's an issue, you want to bring beer, you want to bring a chainsaw or both. Yeah. And like the, the battery chainsaw things, like I've used one of them. One of my guides had one of those little DeWalt's that's, I was oh. like, wow. Doesn't make it, but it it's so it doesn't, weird. It's doesn't so cover it. Dude. It's, like, it's not enough. Yeah, am I yeah. doing anything? You but can't smell yeah, anything. Two strokes, steel guy, all the way. Yeah. You a Husqvarna guy or still still steel steel? Okay. I went to get another saw this last year, and the steels were sold out of the saw I wanted. Oh no! So I had to buy a husky, and I got a buddy who owns a. Tree service company. He loves huskies. I know they're good saws, but I was not that oh, impressed. Oh, no, I mean the first time. So granted, what we do is different. You know, we are literally. Did you cutting, go to AME? Did you go to AME and get a husky? Or it you was go? up in the valley. All right. Yeah. Hey, hey, no That's free ads. Yeah, yeah. Up, but it's literally like I know some guys. <laughs> hey, so this is all I got to say. So I'm trying to get a sponsor, Daniel. I will. Chill, for cutting down trees, not in the river, huskies are great. Oh, okay. Love the okay. husky. Yeah. That's like half the blades. Like it, The blade is completely submerged, submerged. in the water. Like yeah. I've had my steel literally in the water. Like sucking water, basically? Goggles in, on. Goggles in the water. On. In the water. <laughs> yeah, it needed a snorkel. Your wrist yeah. deep, like <laughs> literally <laughs> in the water. Blah, 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 blah. Yes. That's, I had one of my old little 171 steels. I've had that thing seven, eight years. I've never changed the spark plug. And that saw has literally been submerged, cutting <laughs> oh, down trees. Legit. Yeah. And I used to, I was never at Emily's level, but I was a firefighter, did wildland, always been a steel guy. And I was like, oh, try these huskies. Cut a couple trees, dry land. I'm like, wow, this thing rips. First tree that's submerged, stick half the bar in. Done. Uh-oh. Mm, done. Certified. Yeah. Steals, like I said, that thing's in Just the, say not certified. In the water. Still well, I, I think it's just, it's a, it's a land critter. It's a land animal. Land, land saw. Land. Yeah, but that's what's so cool is like, you know, say it's like you're not like a paying client of Adams and you happen to be also fishing that river. It's like they're going in in front of you and like mm-hmm. clearing so you don't have to portage all the way around or like, you know, depending on when you go. It's like there's been a few times where we, you know, probably leapfrogged some of your other clients or yep. whatever and like still had an amazing time. But knowing that they came through earlier, it's like, oh, that's some fresh cut shit that yeah. got moved out of the way. And I'm like, thanks, Adam. You know, and it's like, yeah. I know who to thank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool. I, I want to get into the competition of the river. Before that, I want to just say a quick another 
uh, float accident because our <laughs> oh, boy yeah. Brian, shout out to my boy Brian Veal, bees knees. Um, so I took him for the first time rafting ever. He's, and all these dudes that fell in, like they never went back. They're like, I'll go back, but on your raft. So we get he to this on point. His, uh, one, he's like on his own one man cataract. I have a few of those. And I was like, oh, I'll show you how to go. And, you know, he gets to the spot and he's like stuck on like this point. And he decides his Can best you, option. Where, where is this? Okay. So this is on, Upper Huffman. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Right. Campbell, right. Upper Huffman, where they okay. meet. And uh, <laughs> he gets to this point where there's a Y and there's an island. Right. And, and I'm like, well, you got to choose. We're going right. You know what I'm saying? And he's like drifting to the left and he's like trying to get to the right and he misses and he goes right to the middle of the of the um just, island and there's like a tree it. down, right? And he's like, I don't, I don't he's like stuck there because it's like dead water. And I'm like, Well, just like backstroke out of there. And he's like, uh So you're yelling he's at like, him. I have another raft that's like right next to him. Yeah. I'm like right there. So I'm like, Well, just backstroke and he decides in his own mind, I'm gonna get out. And oh, just like no. jump off the side and push the raft, and he doesn't realize this it's is a like ten foot hole. <laughs> <laughs> this dude just lets go, <gasps> thinks he's gonna stand up, and just goes bloop, <laughs> and he's gone, and the raft is still there. And I'm like, me, I'm like, uh, grab the, like I grab the raft, and he's just like, uh, well, <laughs> do you have a life jacket on? Yeah, yeah, life jacket on, but he had like. He's a big boy, kind of. So he just yeah. had enough. Like, he thought he was going to, like, kind of push off the tree. And he just, yeah. like, stepped Locked in and was in. just, like, bloop. Just right, on, <laughs> right under the front of the raft. And it was gone. Gone. So. Misjudged the uh, turbulence a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, That's a lot, funny. A lot. A lot. Come on, yeah. He ain't the been in the water news. since. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's a land creature. Shall we, uh, <laughs> shall we cheers to the homies that Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we got a little something here. Hey, we got a lot of homies that survived. <laughs> Listen, we got we got names for all of them, too. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want anything named Brandon's Rock or Corner, all right? Or Brandon's Hole. Brandon's Sweeper. Brandon right? Sweeper. If it's Brandon's Hole, it's because I caught the biggest fish out of that fucker my first time. <laughs> that That's the only thing I want. That's the only thing I want. There is a Thompson's Hole in the Kenai, just saying. Oh, yes, <laughs> Sam. Right below Eagle Rock, <laughs> and I'm actually pretty sure it was named after my grandpa. Really? Oh, cool. If we're being honest, yeah. Damn, okay. old school. Where's that? Mm-hmm. Camel uh, Upper. Yep. <laughs> I mean, it's it's on the map. Like, yeah. look at it. But. Okay. Well, I want to get into the the willow, the willow, a little bit with the willow. Oh shit! Upper. Campbell. Upper Willow. Uh, Upper Willow, Campbell. <laughs> yep. um, how's the, how's the, con- I, I've gone and floated that a few times. I've okay. fished out there a few times, me and my brother. I would say I'm way still learning. Yeah. Um, so two, two part question. Um, like what are some hot tips for the Willow? Um, and the other question was, how's the competition as far as guiding and like locals? I felt like we were by ourselves when we went. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you hit it on a, you know, July 4th holiday weekend. It's going to have a lot of pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of the closest fisheries to Anchorage. That's a non-urban environment. Um, but generally compared to some of the other road access fisheries, it receives far less pressure. Um Part of that, I think, is because that the majority of stuff that we are now fishing for up there is catch and release. Mm. And a lot of people in Anchorage and surrounding areas, you know, want 
salmon to harvest. Fill. Yeah, yeah. want salmon. To so fill when the kings pretty much were done, did it like <sighs> just kind of drop off? And we'll get into the king yeah. stuff if we want to, but yeah, yeah, I would love to touch on the the king thing a little bit just to kind of more raise a little bit of awareness about a couple things that are going on. But as far as sport fishing, <laughs> catch and release fishing goes. Um, yeah, I would rather you said Upper Campbell uh, Huffman because it is. Well, I know you guys yeah. had a willow, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. I mean, it's, to bring business to you and some of the other people that I know that are yeah. guiding there and support to everyone that is yeah. oh, man, doing a business out there. And it, I know there's competitors. and uh, We, for all, for the most part, work very well together. It is There's just so many fishing opportunities on the parks, highway, river systems, and it's pretty easily accessible you don't need to have a boat you know you can pull off on the side of the highway hike up hike down phenomenal trout fishing beautiful arctic grayling dollies and and way 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 less pressure than a lot of the other river systems yeah it's it's to me as far as like road system fisheries go it's it's some of the best in the world man i mean especially like this last year alone not to bring attention to my system, but it's fucking awesome, man. Like the average size of trout we were catching last year was stupid. Like with how rainy last year was, a lot of my guides who were multi-day guides who were out, like we were talking earlier in the grind, packing up wet tents, dealing with all that, being with clients, you know, 16 hours a day. And then like our road system guides are like, oh, I just caught a 10 pound rainbow and I'm back in my home. And they're just like, fuck you, motherfucker. (laughs) You know, I mean, it was last year was, was, was just phenomenal. And it really is a unique fishery, the whole parks highway system, because there are so many different river systems that have phenomenal trout fishing. And due to the pink hatchery nightmare, we're, you know, pinks are an every year thing. We mm. have a, mm-hmm. as a guide, we have a love and hate relationship with the, the, the farm, well, not farm raised, sorry, hatchery pinks, because one, we love them because when we get tourists from the lower 48, I want to catch a salmon. They got one. Here you go. Here's your salmon. Yep. You know, they're letting them go. They caught their salmon. They're stoked. We also love them because all their biomass, all their eggs, all their flesh. Feed. A, lot of, a lot of food in the water. A lot of food in the water. You know, uh-huh. now we hate them because they're out competing our wild, natural salmon in the salt. So that's, again, that's a love and hate relationship. But as far as like road system fishery, the whole parks highway system from Little Willow all the way up north to Calkeetna and Byers is just phenomenal fishing. Far less pressure, beautiful fisheries, crystal clear water. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And I, I will attest that it's way less busy um, than going like south. Till after this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I have Sorry. A, I, have a, I have a comment on that. Go ahead. Like, I really appreciate you guys having this conversation and and talking about the areas because alaskans we all want to be don't talk about where you ice fish don't talk about where you river fish don't talk about where you moose hunt don't talk about where you caribou hunt yeah even though we're all hunting you know 13 yeah you know you're just 17 miles up the highway further and that's your spot yeah it's no secret it's been there the whole time yeah there's goddamn books that say Hey, 100%. the fishing rating is one star to five star. Yep. And the dude's not that far off. So yep. you can figure this shit out for yourself. Yeah. It doesn't take this podcast and you and you as a guide talking about this. Yep. It it's it's it doesn't mean you just drive your 
fucking Honda Civic over to Walmart and grab a rod and drive out there and you're going to catch fish. Yeah. It's not that fucking easy. Good point. Let me man. remind you that it's buggy as shit. <laughs> you can hike up and down. I hope you're in shape because it's not easy. Yeah. The holes are not that easy to get to. Yeah. And there's fucking bears everywhere. So I just want to remind everybody that's listening to this, like, oh my God, yeah, and they're fucking giving me all the fucking secrets to the honey. Well, and, and along with that, I'm, I feel I'm very proficient in rafting and, and fly fishing and all that. And even still, like, however many times that I've been there, I feel like I don't know. Well, that's what I'm trying you know to what I mean? say. So it's like what, what's working and what's, you know, y- yeah, what's biting. It's like if it's a beat or the streamer well, or whatever. The point is that I'm trying to make is like respect. It. Respect nature. Thank you. Respect That's it, man. Like, like we can tell point. you exactly what highway and you know road access and all this that and the other, but you still got to put boots on the ground and do the fucking work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So and, and so. I will say, like, <clears throat> the best way to do it is to go with a guide. Go with someone that that is their water, yep. that is their river. Yep. Go learn, and then if, if you feel really confident enough to go back and like bring your family along on your own. I mean that's on you, but like you're saying, like be respectful of all the dangers and the and the yeah. and the things that are it, come, just, come along with that. I just want to like bring some clarity to anybody that might be listening to this podcast, local, a friend, and a, and a you know acquaintance that's like, God damn, these guys are talking about all their fucking spots. It's like, okay, look, man, so and so goes on a hunting show and he's up in Kodiak, Alaska. He's down in Southeast Alaska. He's in the Brooks Range. He's Okay, like, you can go, okay, I know the area, but it's the skill set, the dedication, the preparation, the commitment, the conviction to do the work Mm. is really what comes down to it. So you can get any Tom, Dick, and Harry that's going to go drive his car out and go do this thing, but he's actually going to catch fish and actually do all the right things. Yeah. Or he's actually going to go and do the work. Well, there's still a learning process. That's what Exactly. So so I, I have to just remind everybody to the masses it's just not so easy as driving your car up to wherever watershed or drainage and go yep. you're gonna catch fish yep. it's gonna take work it's gonna take it's gonna take some misery it's gonna take some shitty experiences Type two fun. yeah like yeah. you're gonna you might have to actually have a shitty ass experience for a couple of trips yeah before yep. you catch your first grayling are you before you catch your first rainbow yep. and that also too like that weeds people out it, it does, and, like, especially with those systems up there that have such high water and high snow, like, every year we've been on Willow, it's a different river. Yeah. Like, it changes. Like Don't go on Tuesday the day, 20th and then fucking yeah, Tuesday the that, 28th next week and you think so dynamic. it's going to be the flood, same. They flood, they change. Like, I mean, especially this last year, like I was saying with all the rain we've had, like, there's new channels. Yeah. Like, where we used to go down. We can no longer go down, and where there used to be forest and trees is where we are floating. Like, they change daily, and if you don't know what you're doing, you're like, oh, this is an easy river. We could just go to – you could be coming around a band in a new flood channel, and there's it six looks different every year. Yeah, six down yeah. trees, and it's, it's how many, so dynamic. How many times does somebody say, oh, man, you should have been here yesterday? Yeah. Oh, like that's this, the, that's the this hole was killing it. Yeah. Well, should have been here two weeks so, ago. Should have yeah. been here a week from now. La- Friday yeah. night, yeah. couldn't keep them off the hook. Yeah. Oh, man, I couldn't make it out, but I made it out Sunday morning. Didn't get a fucking bite yeah. Yeah. using the same yep. gear, technique, whatever it was. So like, dynamic. Good luck, here. bud. Yep. It changes all the time. So dynamic. So 
You think yeah, you're just well getting said. out there? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I just want to bring a little bit of clarity to like, hey, man, we can talk about areas by no means giving up anything honey hole whatsoever. No. Yeah. No, I mean, we that. highly suggest if you're interested and you've been wanting to do the willow, I mean, hit up one of the guys just, that are there. That's the best way to go do it. It's not that expensive. Go isn't. spend the day with the person. If you got your own raft and all that, like go do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and Adam, don't you don't you cheer on a guy that comes to you, and he and he just wants to learn how to fish, dude. I was just so about can, to like jump in. Like man. here in Alaska, like we get so many folks in the military. God bless them, and folks who are new coming up here for work, and like all of us here, we know how Alaska fishing is different. Like, I can't tell you how many times I've seen guys and gals on the river. They got the Sims waders on. They know how to cast. And we get to the boat ramp. I'm like, hey, man, how'd you guys do? Like, we didn't catch anything. It's like, well, really? I just had people who have never seen a flat rod before, and we just fucking lit it up. Like, let me see your rods. Let me see your rigs. What are you fishing? And they're fishing, you know, Colorado, Wyoming, Montana setups. They're fishing bugs. And they're not catching shit. And it's like, man, if you would have just come out with a guide for one day, we would show you how to read big, read rig beads, how to rig flesh, how we fish up here. And you would have set yourself up for a far better experience. And myself and my guides were very forthcoming with information. Like, again, we're going back to this double-edged sword. It's like, we want to teach folks how to do this because we want them to be out there experiencing this so they can protect it and look after it. And there's so much good fishing. We're not going to be golem. Like, oh, there's enough fish. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's enough cake for everyone. For everyone. You know? and like, yeah, everyone yeah. can eat cake. You can, everyone can eat cake. You can mm -hmm. come up here mm -hmm. and you can learn this stuff, whether you're visiting for two weeks or you just moved here and you're new to fly fishing. Like we are, and most guides are more than happy to teach you and show you to get you into this because it is different. Yes, the roll cast that we do is the same exact roll cast as you do in the lower 48, but what and how we fish is so yeah. different, and so many people just don't realize that, and they think, oh, I, I know how to fish. I can do this. Well, I, I'm an example of that. Like, when we went, we didn't get nothing the first time. Yep. We didn't get nothing the second time. Yep. And then we followed some dude, and we're like, what's this guy doing? Because he's slaying him. And you watch and you yeah. learn. But that's as, like, a local. But I would say that the best way is to go with someone oh, spend the money they're going to give you the knowledge yeah. and then you do with that what you will like uh, the, the best way i have to equate it to is like we did granted it was in mexico but like same deal and it's like it's going to be a repeat customer we found this dude he was a guide he was amazing like shared all his diy spots with us so knowing that we were going to go down there and had these handful of days we booked with him for probably two out of five days um, kind of scattered them in between, but like did our own DIY in between um, and ran into him with paying clients on those other days and was like, hey, Nick. And he's like checking in. How are you doing? I was like, I just fucking caught a permit on my own, you know, and it was amazing. And then and we he probably has pride in that, too. 100%. He's like, he showed you and the then tips. we fished with him a few days later and we fished with him like three, four times since. So it's like there is value in paying the professionals you know to go with for the day because they're going to educate you and it's like you and know, also a safety thing 
Especially sure. when you're rafting, especially when you go and there. And in, in any dude, new area. the pullout is not the easiest thing to figure out over there, dude. No. Like, no. And that's I mean, you'd be fucking area. in the fucking ocean if you don't figure out where to go out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 So, so it's important. You know it what I'm is. saying? There, there is value in, like, paying a professional, you know, and, and I know I get it. Like, I'm the same way. I'm stubborn. I like to try and figure shit out on my own, too, you know. Yeah, but it feels it's like, good, right? It does. Mm-hmm. But there's also value in, like... You know, and it's like, put your pride aside. Like, this is what they do for a living. Like, pay the man. Yeah. Go have a good day. Like, figure out and learn from them. And then, yeah, go do it on your own, you know? And it's like, that's that's true for, you know, experiencing anything new anywhere. It's like, there's, there's something to be said in, like, struggling through it and figuring it out, which I see a lot of value in, too. But also, it's like... People are also making a living off of this too. And it's like, if you're going to be there, support the people that are doing this in the area. That's yep. how I feel about it. Yep. Well said. 100%. Well said. Um, like it. Let's get into the kingfishing thing a little bit. Because I know that you want to talk about it. And I know that I grew Hot up. Topic. I grew up fishing yeah, the willow. I grew up there in the 80s, the 90s. The sheep. When there was no road, you had to hike in there, you had to do the trek, the muddy medfest to get in there and, and try to get your king. And it's so unfortunate where it's gone. So I'm just highly curious on your opinions on what's going on, um, maybe your hope for the future. Yeah, man, it's it's heartbreaking. Like, I was not here in the 80s, but when I moved here 11 years ago, everyone's like, oh, you should have seen it five years ago. But at that time, 11, 12 years ago, went out, fished all these mouths, spay casting. It wasn't if you were going to catch a king, it was how many kings you were going to catch. And everyone's like, oh, you should have been here 10 years ago. I was like, dude, I just landed 15... 30-plus-pound kings on a spay rod. Like, I don't think there's that much more time in the day to, to do that, I'm sure. To catch more that much. More I, I, I'm sure it was <clears throat> more incredible, but, like, I would get done guiding and go to the mouth of Willow in my muck boots. Half hour, hour, throw the spay rod, catch a couple kings. And everyone's like, oh, you should have seen what it was. I'm like, I I believe you. But well, that's like, a that's a te- that's a testament of time that people have been yeah, saying that yeah, forever. Well, yeah. You should have seen the eighties. Yeah, should have seen the seventies. Like, should have seen man, the sixties. I just was all like, time travel. And yes, yeah. I would I just love to caught, see that. Yeah. Like I have like was looking on uh, our social media feed and just like seven years ago again, like I said, in my muck boots, beautiful thirty five pound chrome hen. In my yeah. mud boots after work for half an hour. Yeah. And in the short time that I've been here, just the decline that has happened, like people call up like, hey, I want to go king fishing. I'm like, <laughs> so do I. Yeah. I honestly, honestly, I honestly wonder if my daughter will ever be able to catch yep. a wild king in South Central. Mm-hmm. Like Ship Creek, even the guys, awesome guys from the, Bay Shack last year on Ship Creek said, hey, we're not guiding trips anymore because the hatchery run was so low. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, they, there was not nearly the return you last know, season. And this year in South Central, across the majority of the systems, it's already closed. Yeah. And I am all for commercial fishing. It is a lifestyle. It creates jobs. It creates revenue. It supports local Alaskan families. It's culture and history. It is, and it should be a part. But the commercial trawling that is devastating both our salmon fisheries, our crab fisheries, our Pollock fisheries is fucking horrifying. 80,000 dead kings were reported by <sighs> the trawler fleet. My God. 80 fucking thousand dead kings thrown overboard. That's just reported. That's just re- exactly. You know, all those of us here in Alaska, we know there are people who count in air quotes, count fish, but so many of it goes undocumented. Mm. There are way more effective means of commercial fishing and supporting local Alaskan families like in the Southeast. The trawlers, not the trawlers, are local family fishing that target specific fish way more effectively the commercial trawling fleets would have these massive nets that just drag the bottom and kill everything and just gets thrown overboard needs to come to a stop. Bottom line, politics aside, there are better ways to commercially fish and there are better ways to support local commercial fishermen. I apologize to any local guys who are on trawling fleets but let's be honest, most of those trawling fleets are from the fucking lower 48. Fuck off. Get another job. Yeah, and from around yeah. other countries, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And no, well said. I mean, well said. I mean, every every state in the union is fighting for their waters and their their what they have going on in their state, whatever, whether it be farming or whether it be agriculture. And our thing is fishing. And you have these out-of-state people. They're feeding their family as well. Understand that. Yep. I, I get it. Yep. I get it. But when you see the evidence of what has happened and the inability of whoever's in charge to fix or remediate the issue, it's, and I've said it before on the podcast, like, my son will never get a clam in the nail chick yeah. or clam gulch. My son now can't get a king in the willow. My son may not be able to get a sheep because of this ongoing thing. Like how many different species and animals does it take to realize that there has to be some sort of change? Couldn't agree more, man. It's when you see the numbers, and again, like we said, they're not all reported, but the numbers that have come across as bycatch over this one specific type of commercial fishing that has impacted not only personal use fishing like we're talking about, but even commercial seasons where even commercial fishermen were uh, proposing, let's stop doing this. I mean, the writing is right there. But it just comes down to, one, I really think the biggest factor is most people don't know. 100% in the lower 48, people don't know. 
in even in Alaska, a lot of people don't know. They're like, oh yeah, commercial fishing, commercial fishing's great. It's like, yes, it is. Commercial fishing's great. It supports. That's a part of Alaska. Yeah. You know, working hard, going out there. You can be uh, not a highly educated person and work hard and make a lot of money commercial fishing. But there's this one sect of commercial fishing that is Uber corporations, big time money, and taking away money from people who are doing it the right way, working on mom and pop boats, working it the right way, fishing effectively. But there's just so much money and politics and lobbying going on that this isn't known. Like uh, Salmon State, who helped with, I noticed the stickers there, No Pebble Mine. Like they've been just pumping stuff out on social media about the trawler bycatch. And it's just falling on deaf ears because no one knows about it. And if I really do think that if the majority of Alaskans, regardless of political beliefs, right, left, middle, who the fuck cares? If you just saw the numbers of the amount of dead fish, whether that be kings, chums, halibut, sockeye, pollock, crab that are just thrown overboard because of these stupid nets that just fucking kill everything within miles and miles of their radius. I really think it would, would catch on, but there's so much money on the other side suppressing that knowledge. Yeah. It's, 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 it's really sad. It's politics man. is what's going in there, which I, is sad. Politics and money, man. I, yeah. I really think it's more just lots of money. money. Do you think it's reversible? Are we too late? Are we on that cusp, that line? The evidence kind of shows that it, I think we're getting pretty close. I, I mean, it's never too late. It's n I mean, regardless of what yeah. the numbers are, it's never too late to like make an effort, regardless of like how deep we are in it. It's like changes should and can still be made, you know, regardless if you want to say too late or not. Yeah. I don't know. What's your thought? Um... The only thing that I can kind of relate to, because personally I'm always an optimist, but just seeing what I've seen, I'm kind of a bit of a Debbie Downer. But one thing that gives me hope is that in the lower Northwest, in Washington, Oregon, it's Northern cracking. California, where they've removed those dams, fish that they thought were no longer there have returned. You yep. know, nature... Jurassic Park. Nature Nature's will, resilient. Nature will Hell find a yeah. way. And like you, you make know? a few a few adjustments yeah. and like yeah. it is resilient yeah. and I feel like we barely like are able to like scratch the surface. So it's I'm not like, too late. Never. I don't, I don't think it's too late, but I do think we are on the line getting to that line. Just, I mean, I've done a lot of work with Trout Unlimited and Salmon State and had federal and local fish biologists and, you know, people who are way more educated than me in these things that actually talk about the science behind this stuff that I don't think it's too late, but I definitely think we are getting close to that line where got to start making moves. We, we got to do something, man. We just, what's you your know? thought on, um, introducing, you know, hatcheries to these rivers? No. No, so the difference, like I was saying earlier, you know, everyone has their own opinion to each their own. Hatchery fish are brought up in a concrete pen, and they are fed dog food. 
They don't have the genes. Instincts. There's been a oh. bunch of studies done, like especially in the lower northwest with with steelhead, where hatchery fish are interbreeding with wild fish, and the offspring of those fish are less likely to make it to spawning age. There is a lot to be said for genetics, wild genetics. Now, God forbid, if we do get to a point where those wild genetics are gone, yes, we yeah, should the start them over. But we're, we're not to that point yet. There are still enough wild genetics left in our fish that if we managed our sport fishing fisheries, commercial fishing fisheries better, I think we could salvage those wild genetics because nature will figure it out. You know, we're not at that cutoff point yet, but introducing foreign genetics into natural wild fish, I do not think is a good answer right now. Granted, I am a humble sport fishing, fly yeah. fishing guide. I do not have a <laughs> wild fish biology fisherman. degree, mm -hmm. you know, but just from what I've seen from my years of guiding and fishing and seeing hatchery programs and seeing hatchery programs in the lower 48, the offspring of hatchery fish do not have the same genetics, strength, survivability, adaptability of wild fish. And if there is a chance for us to preserve those wild genetics, I think we should do everything we can to do it. I think it's fair to say, too, that um, a gentleman or a woman or <clears throat> professional fisherman, to some degree, who's got the experience and time uh, seeing fish, touching fish, catching fish, studying fish on real level situation. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground would have. Well said. In my, in, I just feel like has not just as much because I don't want to disrespect anybody that's educated with a degree or piece of paper or whatever qualifies them that you're that much less educated or experienced in the love and passion for a conservation of something and, well, and, value, and knowing what it both. is. Yeah. I think there's, there's value in both for sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I, again, I, I feel like what this man is saying is as credible as any science, just because yes. he's been catching the fish and seeing the behavior, seeing What's the happening. changes, yeah. you know? Yeah. Well, as anyone that has grown up and, and lived on this river, like you had a cabin on this river and you're on this river every year and you've been there for 20 years, you see the changes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you can't, you some, not, you some can't kid or somebody that comes out of college and, and they did all the science and they can look at the numbers and the map and all that. Like there's a difference between that and like what you see. What you are actually seeing and experience and what you have seen happen in a relatively finite amount of time is... Mm. Honestly, granted, I'm not Native Alaskan. Sorry, not from Alaska. Same, same. Whatever. Yeah. But just in the 11, 12 years I've been here, what I've seen happen is fucking horrifying. Yeah, decades of and to see, of time. to see sport fishing, like we're a very finite group of users on these species, and the finite impact that we have whether it be harvest or catch and release and to see it have no real impact on the overall run but while you see these numbers from these trawl fleets in the bycatches it's just like dude you don't have to be a fucking fish biologist or a rocket scientist yeah. to realize to they're killing the them all in the lie, fucking yeah. ocean 
Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really sad. I mean, I tried running for board of fish and was shut down and other people who are in my similar position who try to make a voice are shut down. And I, I just really think at the end of the day, it just comes back to these big money corporations and they're just shutting us down, which is really fucked up because I do have some fun numbers right here. Oh, okay. talking. Facts. Yeah. So this is a little bit of an older study. Out-of-state visitors spent $98 million, which leaded to $133 million of economic output. Sport fishing expenditures for the state of AK were $1.4 billion total. 733 of that came from us residents. 652 came from non-residents. 73% of those numbers were right here in South Central. Mm. That generated $295 million, generated 3,063 jobs, and $22 million in state and local taxes. These are numbers that we know. And outputs from wrong commercial fishing and ill-suited ideas are putting these jobs and these monies that our state makes to risk. And this was just on a Google search I did before coming on the show. Yeah. That's a lot of fucking money. All from people who want to come here and fish and those of us who live here and fish. Yeah, numbers don't lie. I mean, <clears throat> obviously Google's Google and anybody can criticize or question a number. That's from ADF&G and AK Economic Trends. Perfect. So it's like... You know, locals value what we have here. Of course. I mean, you see it right there. That that I did not know that. I figured that the out-of-state influence outweighed the local influence. That was from an, an older study. I mean, mm. honestly, with COVID, I mean, just within yeah, my Yeah, but business. I mean, we're talking between, like, the mid-'80s to, say, the mid-2000s. Yeah. That was in, that was 2016. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's... You guys have really bummed me out. <laughs> I, know. Um, I know. This is... I, I want to switch gears. I, 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 I do want to end on a high note that luckily I got in the game when the Kings were still... Oh, you got yours? I can't say that I pulled a 50-pound King one time. And that was a like a pinnacle of my... Yeah. Manhood. I mean, you know, Existence. You, if you're an Alaskan, you look for, you know, 30-inch rainbow, which I've never even targeted in my, in my life. Um, do think I've hooked up on a one. couple fucking Quartz Creek. <laughs> and uh, and 50-pound king, 50-inch moose, sure. whatever. Um, I would say, though, that I want to give... Anybody and everybody that's putting time and effort into the study of kings, credit, because I do think that there are people that want your daughter and my daughters and your son. And that's the goal. The, 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 they do. The, the generations that are to come, you know, I don't know about clams, but I do feel like, and to Emily's credit and, and comment earlier, that I, I feel like there are people that are working right now really hard day and night to see it turn around. 
there are. And I'm going to stay optimistic. I want to end this mm. on a positive note because How man, we when, have I, to? when I, end, when I caught a King, I realized I was like, wow, that was my unicorn. Yeah. Right. I mean, there was just, there's something about catching a big, powerful Chinook that, oh man, we call it tugback, baby. When you feel a King tugback, it could just be like a 12 pounder and the fucker just spools you. There's just nothing like it. And, uh, I mean, I, I want to catch a King one day again. Yeah. Me too, man. Yeah. It's like, Badly. we got we to cheers I, for the future. Hey. Cheers for the future. Cheers for the future, nice. for the future of our like fishing, fucking, hunting, yeah. like fucking all, non-Debbie all, Downer dog. All the things we, <laughs> we love to do. That's right, man. Okay. Before we end it. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh that brown water. It's, got, it's like it got browner. <laughs> it's got browner. You're, drinking the, you're drinking the good smoky shit. I do want to say the congratulations to Ken Gibson, my buddy, who's going to be going, hopefully, Get you up on no, that. Ken, who who Ken. won? Who he, won the? Uh, it's already booked. He, okay, okay Ken he's is on. going, dude. Our yeah, buddy awesome. Ken surprisedly won the uh, giveaway we did at the live podcast. Cool. Um, so shout out to Ken and the Gibson boys, hardcore. I'm sure they're going to be just so stoked to get them out. Oh, they're going to love yeah. it. They're going to love it. How many folks go out on that trip? Which one? The the one that w- that they won. Like how many? People is that a go two out person? On? Yeah, they got two people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's all of our trips are private. It's just going to be those two. Was that Ken and Roger? Probably. Well, we'll see. I got the arm wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> We're all throwing our name in that to be the plus one. I, I didn't want to say anything, but we are having a leg wrestling competition at the meat party. Yeah. So good yeah. luck. Yeah. Yeah. And you <laughs> win the second chair on the uh, fish, chair on fish and, and the second runner-up gets to go on the elk hunt with me. Let's get oh, oh, oh. I've been doing Sweet squats. 16. I've been doing squats If you made the final eight, week. you get a trip. Yeah. Let's I'm do not, a bracket. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I did squats yesterday. <laughs> I want to know about what are maybe some new or really cool gear things that you've seen come out within the last five years. That's like, man, you should have this on your raft. Oh, jet tech. koozies. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely the rocks. koozie around, around your neck. neck is the way to go. Yes. Yes. That's the pro dirtbag move right there. <laughs> um, I knew it. That's honestly, me. the this is more back to fly fishing, but the innovations in fly lines over the last five to seven Dude, years. Dude, it's gotten like is I'm like fucking <sighs> incredible, man. Like there are multiple manufacturers, Rio, SA, Scientific Anglers, uh, OPST, that just make very well made lines for turning over our heavy flies that just make things easier. You can get someone who's never done it before. Roll cast out twenty five feet, no problem. You know, and fly lines that has really been the 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 biggest innovation as far as rafts go. Man, or just geared in general that comes You're on the raft. Calling the line though, man. Oh, fly lines! I would out of everything. Never would have thought you'd say that. Yeah, the fly line innovations over. Dude, the last it's gotten too like. No, no, no. You don't like, have the monofill on the fucking thing. No, I'm like, goddamn! Like, I, I, I didn't want to get into fly fishing before, but now I'm just like, oh, yeah, dude, it's yeah, you guys so are getting way too geeked out. Easy, man. Like it just makes it. Whether it's two-handed casting, single-handed casting, the new fly lines out that are they're just phenomenal. I mean, during COVID and the whole supply chain nightmare, everything was fucked as we all know, and if a rod got broke, it was gone. Yeah. I couldn't 
get fly rods back and let's be honest oh, fly shit. rods break yeah and so i had to go to walmart of all places to get a fly rod because i couldn't find a fly rod anywhere else and it turns out if you take a 60 dollars fly rod and put a 150 dollars line on it it casts fucking amazingly mm. so i would say for folks out there That's getting into awesome it to spend oh man fly line that you don't you cast the fly line. You're not casting the rod. The yeah. only thing that hits the water is the fly line. And the innovations in fly lines over the last five to seven years versus the prior 20 is is infinite. Like, rods oh. are still good. Rods are still great. You could spend 100 bucks. You could spend 1000 bucks, But put good fly line mm. on that rod, especially for those of us up here in Alaska where you're throwing heavy setups having a very heavy grained weight line that turns over heavy setups is a must mass moves mass. If you got a thousand dollar fly rod, but you put $75 shitty fly line on it, it's going to cast like shit. You have mm. a $60 fly rod from Walmart. You put a $150 fly line on it. It's going to cast like a fucking dream. Fucking silk. It also helps. So it is the hockey cast. stick. <laughs> It is the stick. It's not the talent. It's the, <laughs> it's the Indian, not the arrow. <laughs> but having a good arrow helps. Gotcha. Okay. Now, what I want to see, and I've said this before, and I'm just waiting for someone to fucking do it. I need the life vest that has the 44 built-in holster. Built in holster. Hmm. Why hmm. don't they have that? We're on these remote rivers. We're running into the bears, or even the spray holster. They don't have. Yeah. What type of life jacket are you rocking? Is it a three or five? Um, you don't need to say it's gray. Yeah, you don't need to say <laughs> it's a gray yeah. one. I mean, is it? It's an NRS. I want to say it's NRS zip up. Yeah. One, but I'm just curious. Is there one out there that has like the legit? Like, dude, this is a business. If you come out with the Alaska one, you could put the spray with the boom and the the beer and the everything. Talk to you know Diamond D. I mean, I love my Diamond D. But why don't they have like the? Got a revolver or ten? Um, I have both. I like my revolver a little more. I mean, I love I love my ten. The old Smitty or what? Man, I actually have the Taurus, the old school Taurus tracker with a ported barrel. Dude, no, I'm not judging. Yeah, love love that. Have an S. I do have an S and W, and I do have a ten. But I have a so I have an affinity for 1911s, and I have a 1911 10. But man, when you're out guiding. Go with the old six shooter or what? I, I love yeah, the old six yeah. shooter, man. You, that thing is jam up on you. Exactly. That thing has been in the mud. It has been rusted, and that trigger still. So if goes I could, bad. if I could just throw my two cents in, so I've adopted the the pull, rip, pull. Oh, life oh the little life vest. Cool. Yeah, yeah, and and I did test one. Isn't that the one For that's the like record? if it if it senses moisture, it. Yeah, well, you got to replace the the canister canister because you know that little cork. Has to be able to soak up moisture sure. in a certain amount of time for it to self inflate or pull inflate. Now, I, I, I'm, I think I'm to some degree going to be honest. I'm taking a chance by wearing that versus a personal flotation device that is all foam, one piece. Like sure. my dead body's floating around. It's like going to float me around no matter what. Versus I have to make it <laughs> inflate. Right? Yeah. Just being real. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but I like my setup uh, Mustang because. I got my fucking vinyl harness on, right? Put my pistol on. So my Diamond D, with my Trail Boss 44, is in its holster right below my binos. Okay. With my life jacket on. 
I got all three of them bitches on. Yeah, that's too much shit. Why can't you just have the life vest with but it's, all the but shit it's, on? But it's, like it's you have the not. Bino, you have the gun. You I have mean, the spray. We're, we're different sized humans, but my and my Diamond D, my forty four is right here. I know that, but I'm talking about the life vest all but in we, one. We kit. we get off the boat, the last, and we want to go thing. hike around in the woods. I peel off that life jacket, and my main shit's still on. Yeah, that's why I like the diamond. I D hit the fucking, I hit the trail. But say you're like, saying, like rowing down like a narrow, like shallow thing of okay. water. Good point. Floating versus Which I've been boating. Tra- we've been there charged. are two different things, right? Yeah, well, I'm looking at it like you're doing a multi-day float in, trip. Or in, you're not, out, back in. Yeah, sure. You still bring. You can still bring your diamond in. D thing to throw it on once you take the the thing should off. Swap it but out for like eighty percent of the off? time, your life vest should on. be on. Yeah, when you're floating for a long period of time. Uh, yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, All right, we're looking at you, people listening, viewers. Let's go. Or we will. It sounds awesome. Yeah. It'll only be about $775 MSRP. So what? <laughs> yeah. In seven years. <laughs> Fully adjustable. Like, earlier we were talking like how you guys got into this and like gear designing is like, because I, I thought about that too. It's like, but half the stuff we're going to design is going to be like, well, this is for Alaska. There are 775 people who are going to buy this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's not the world market. I don't really need this in uh, Who New carries Mexico? a gun when they go rafting in Whatever <laughs> you want. Exactly. Wait, yeah. you carry a 44 when you're brown trout fishing? What the fuck? <laughs> what do you need that for? Oh, that's a good, that's that good. is a good point. But yeah. you know what? I want what I want. Because <laughs> we know what works. Because we're out there doing it. Mm-hmm. That's right. Exactly. That's right. Uh, I want to say, Adam, thank you for coming on, man. Appreciate you coming through with all your knowledge and and your honesty and your ability to just like explain. Fucking homie brought what's numbers, going on. dude. Yeah, he brought the numbers, dude. He brought the book. The he spinal. put his slammed his hand on oh, his. Oh man, his notepad's all folded like it's been wet a couple times and dried out. Like yeah. pen to paper. Well, yeah. I, yeah, I'm working with uh, old school salmon state. And we're definitely fighting a couple things going on here, like the Ambler Road mm-hmm. that uh, we had the the show in the Valley about, and uh, definitely against the West Sioux Road. And these are just some of the numbers that speak for that. Yeah, well, and to Daniel's point, man, thanks for your honesty. Uh, because, good. you know, this, this platform is awesome because we get to say what we want to say, yeah. and, and people get to hear it. Not everybody agrees. We yep. get feedback, positive, negative, indifferent, which we appreciate. Pro, con, and, and I mean, and we'll still, we will say that we want to reach both sides. Exactly, everyone has a voice. Yes. that's the beauty yep. of America. Yep. Yeah, everyone like we, has a voice. You know, we we talk about no, you know, Pebble Mine. We talk about no road to Ambler in mining. It's like, well, we haven't had anybody call and say, "Hey, I'm a pro fucking miner. I want to come on your podcast and sit on." Your seat with your mic and tell my story. And even well, if you did, come on, bud, yeah. come on down. Yeah, you're I welcome. mean, this isn't this isn't a biased like. Well, we just yeah. go this one side. I mean, we're here so someone else can tell their side of it. And Adam, yep. To your credit, thank you for your blunt, organic, real fucking honesty, dude. Yeah, man. Like you believe in what you believe in. You're living it. You're raising a family. You get your fingernails painted by a little I'm girl. You know, because you're raising you're raising a family. Like, hey, I'm I'm just saying this is this is a platform. This is a spot. This is a space where people can come in, have these conversations, and speak their mind. 
No judgment. For judgment. No yeah. judgment. Judgment. Full freedom. Free. American. Like, hey, we're speaking our mind. He might have a different opinion than someone that's listening or that I have. Yeah. And and that's and totally that's fine. Cool. And that's what's amazing about this platform is that you we have can the sit down to do that and talk. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And chew and chew on it, listeners. You've got something to say that's constructive and has some clout. Give us some feedback. Yeah. yeah. Or science. Science. That difference. I mean, science. you want to write some shit on a crusty notepad, bring it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> that shit's gangster, though. I loved it. Slammed yeah. your hand on it, like, oh, fucking matter of fact. <laughs> <laughs> this is what yeah. we do, no motherfucker. <laughs> and as, as from Alaska Wild Project's like, point of view as a platform, like, we're just trying to provide an open microphone to people that want to come and speak their their ideas as alaskans and we're, we're open to all sides of the aisle like we're not we're not trying to get political on this shit but like if you have a different opinion we're open to have you come on and talk about it Love you know what i'm saying and let other people make yeah. their own mind you know what i'm saying we're not trying to make your mind up for you we're just trying to tell you what adam thinks we're trying to tell you what emily thinks what brandon thinks what i think what jack thinks chad anyone else that comes on this podcast and that's what it's about and yep. you can choose to listen and absorb that and, and and fire back, whether it be on a line or on an email or whatever. And we're happy to engage on that and just get the conversation going because that's the point. The point is the conversation. Mm. Yep. Because Awareness. without the conversation, then nothing happens. Yep. yep. So that's our Flat goal. Lines. Open discourse. Yep. It's a beautiful thing when people can talk and listen to each other. And I think you guys providing this platform for folks of differing sides, being able to talk about it, not say this is right, this is wrong, but this is what I think is amazing. Good work, you two. Mm. Well Thank said, you. brother. Thank Man, you. That's exactly Thank you. what it is. Emily, great to see your beautiful face. Oh, thanks. Appreciate nice you. Yep, nice earrings. Shout out to Erica, outdoor girl. Erica, hey, those are word, nice. word. She Same. made them. Yeah, nice. she's she's gonna bring some. Uh, some she's gonna bring like some goodies, this. some goodies to the meat party. Can't wait. Yeah. Oh damn! I didn't notice. Okay. Take the leather. Oh snap! She uh -huh. took the things off. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> Not my top. <laughs> uh, when the show's over. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Alaska, for listening. Thank you for supporting us. Write us an Apple review. Go to the website, alaskawildproject.com. Buy a shirt, buy a hoodie, buy whatever you can. Go to Barney's, who's one of our main sponsors, and support them and all they got going on. All our other sponsors out there, support them. These are people that we believe in. These are people that are supporting us. These are our friends. These are our family. So if you're into the show and all that, we appreciate you. And support us by supporting them. And we appreciate you guys listening. Preach. Fish Hound Expeditions. Check out Adam. Catch some fish. Have an experience. Let's go. Yes. Thank you guys. Yes. Alaska. Stay wild. You remember my speaking to you of what I call your overcautiousness. Are you not overcautious when you assume that you cannot do what the enemy is constantly doing? The Alaska Wild Project podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors. Barney's Sports Chalet, supplying hunters with the best hand-selected gear since 1963. The exclusive home of Frontier Gear, built for the rugged Alaskan terrain. Your one-stop shop for all your outdoor needs. Visit Barney's today at 906 West Northern Lights. 
Arbor Digital, the forefront of digital assets, cryptocurrencies, and wealth management, providing a low-cost, research-based investment strategy for Alaskans looking to invest their hard-earned money. Visit arborcapital.io today to put your money to work. Tailored Restoration 24-Hour Emergency Home Services, helping Alaskans restore their dreams since 1972. Services include fire, water, mold, post-emergency cleaning, repair, and remodeling. Give them a call in Anchorage, Eagle River, Matsu, or Fairbanks. Hit them up at tailoredrestorationalaska.com. Total Truck and Alaska Overlander, Alaska's premier supplier for custom automotive accessories and overlanding products, providing all-inclusive rental vehicles and trailers custom outfitted to explore the Alaskan backcountry with a unique and convenient traveling experience. Serrano's Mexican Grill, two locations, one on Tudor, one on Northern Lights. The Northern Lights location has their new tequila bar. Check it out. Also see their daily specials at serranosmexicangrill.com. TheTreehouseAK.com, located at 341 Boniface Parkway, Alaska's own and grown cannabis and CBD store. Ask the bud tender what the strain of the day is to get your 10% off. The Treehouse, where the culture lives. The Connoisseur Lounge, Alaska's premier locally owned and operated cannabis retailer, located in the heart of Palmer, Alaska. Their cultivated products include Snowcap Romance, Aurora Haze, Superglue, and much more. Find them at theconnoisseurlounge.net. AKO Farms, located in Sitka, Alaska, built from the ground up with concentrates as their single motivation, with exclusive products such as their sugar wax, full-spectrum diamond sauce cards, and more. Ask your local bud tender about AKO. Marijuana has intoxicating effects and may be habit-forming and addictive. Marijuana impairs concentration, coordination, and judgment. Do not operate a vehicle or machinery under the influence. There are health risks associated with consumption of marijuana. For the use of only by adults 21 and older, keep out of the reach of children, and marijuana should not be used by women who are pregnant or breastfeeding. The Bait Shack. Located on Ship Creek, upstream of the bridge. Can't miss the bright red shack. They're the go-to fishing gear rental and guide service on Ship Creek. Tight lines and fish on. Come hook into the action with them. Hit them up at thebaitshackak.com. Snow Pro AK, your snow and ice management company specializing in business and residential properties. They know what it takes to keep your property presentable and safe. Give them a call for a free estimate at 280-7098 or visit lawnproak.com. Double Shovel Cider Company, located off of Arctic and 58th, handcrafted Alaskan-made colonial ciders. They also have a tap room downtown on the corner of 5th and E. Stop by today and taste an award-winning cider. The Alaska chapter of Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. BHA is the voice of our Alaskan public lands, waters, and wildlife. Their goal is to uphold our hunting and fishing legacy while keeping our public lands wild. Stand up today and join BHA at backcountryhunters.org. Should you not claim to be at least his equal in prowess and act upon the claim? I say try. If we never try, we shall never succeed. This proposition is a simple truth and it's too important to be lost sight of for a moment. We cannot beat the enemy where he now is. We never can. It is all easy if our troops march as well as the enemy. And it is unmanly.